I do all the work. He sits around on his fat ass judging people. Hey, escalating. Stop. So there's that. But then there's one small detail. <laughs> Clearly, uh, a mistake was made on the part of our mutual associate when he paid you half of Jesse's earnings. He must not have realized that you two had come to a parting of the ways. Take it. It belongs to you. You're gun damn right it belongs to me. I knew I could count on you boys to play nice. That's that almost brings a tear to my eye. Enjoy it. Spend it in good health. That is the last money you'll ever earn in this business. What the hell's that supposed to mean? Well, I hate to break it to you, Jesse, but our mutual associate was only using you to get to me. What are you talking about? You see, he needs someone with expertise. Someone who knows what he's doing. In other words, he needs me. You're telling me you're cooking again? Yeah. Let's see, how should I put this? I'm in. You're out. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 110 of Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and as always, I am being joined. Uh, joining me today is uh, Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello to everyone out there. What's up, listeners? Hi! Whoa, is that, is that Keo? Let's live together! Uh, okay... What are you doing there? Where, where, where's Chris? Um. <laughs> you didn't uh, kill him, did you? We're did you humans. Let's understand each other. Okay. All right. But where's Chris? We, we'd like to know where he is. <laughs> Let's understand each other. Come on, guys. Let's be friends. <laughs> Chris, Chris must be busy h- hating with um, <laughs> hating with Flit. <laughs> <laughs> so Keo, was Easel can't right? Eaglecat's a nice old man. Well, yeah, he, he's he's from yeah. the murdering in war. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so, so you're so, but he, he's a lot nicer than your dad, who wants to kill all vegans. But yet, um, Eaglecat has actually launched uh, un- surprise attacks and killed hundreds of thousands or probably millions of uh, Federation citizens. He's just a nicer guy, though, right? Yeah, but he gave me a box of Tic Tacs, and his wife is really milfy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, she, yeah. Oh, she is. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Tic Tacs. It's, uh, that that helped uh, that helped um, give that girl false uh, false hope, and then what was it? That extra strenuous day of going to the park and stuff probably exacerbated her dying, right? So it, it all balances out, huh? Sometimes to make an omelet, you gotta break eggs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Keo, um, we're going to have enough of you, so uh, can you at least give this back to Chris? Okay, I'm going to go understand people. <laughs> okay, you do that. Chris, back? Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. How the hell did he find where you lived? I think he read uh, all the shit that I'm writing about him on him. <laughs> that kind of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
That's what I kind of thought. <laughs> and, he, and he used the uh, the age system to uh, reverse trace me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's now an IP locator. <laughs> yes. In addition to uh, food dispenser and yeah. uh, Dr- big, medical big system. Pharma. Yeah, big pharma, you know, telescope, all these cool things. Well, that's a nice segue because, uh, unfortunately, if you were looking forward to uh, the, the next uh, – the next installment of Pat Labor episode, uh, Pat Labor Roundup. Um, we're gonna have to push that back. Uh, reason again, being, again. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but the reason being is because uh, last week uh, Gundam Age had uh, aired its finale, and we've made the all three of us made the decision that it was. I think uh, someone had said better to pull the bandaid off very quickly instead of doing it very slowly. I. Yes, e. instead that was of, me. Yeah, I. E. instead of the, doing the la- splitting up the last nine episodes in like two shows, uh, let's just get it over with and do it all in one. And um, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be going from uh, episodes 41 to 49 of Gundam Age. And um, I'm sure we'll have our, our closing thoughts of, uh, of the uh, spectacular run of a spectacular show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. right. hey, does that does that does that go into the same file as uh, season two of Double O being the worst season ever? Um, and the upside is that next episode we'll talk about Pat Labor unless we delay it again. Oh, yeah. snap. Unless something else happens. But uh, we haven't really been uh, – there's no other uh, subpar Gundam shows uh, airing at this point. So, um, yeah. So, uh, guys, anything before we get into the news? Oh, no, no. No, no reason to delay the news any further. you got a ton to read. <laughs> yes, I do. And, the, and oh, like always, uh, in the list, uh, Neo's listeners submit an ooze article thread in the goddamn section of the MechaTalk forum. You can post any types of articles uh, so we can read them on here, especially if they're good. Uh, the first one here comes from, uh, oh, man. Right out of the gate, man, I, the Australians. This, this is like, I was going through the news. Of course, I was doing it a minute before we went on the air here, as I do, uh, as, um, as uh, I've, I've learned from the master himself, Lord King. Um, the, uh, this first one here, it's like Australians attack on this, uh, this, this roundup of um, the news. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of these guys got some solitary or something like that. But the first one here is from uh, uh, Vet Noir. And uh, this is coming from the Anime News Network. And there is an uh, upcoming sequel of Fafner uh, called Exodus that's uh, supposedly being greenlit for next year. No other, um, no other uh, things or any comments about it. I guess it was on the uh, Ginza Hayakuken Theater's website saying, stating that there's going to be a Fafner sequel uh, called Exodus. So um, I'll, we'll definitely keep you posted of that as uh, things develop. Uh, Chris, any any uh, up to the minute updates on that? Did you did you receive in uh, the uh, Miami News Bureau there down there? I haven't even seen the movie yet. Ooh, it's, it, it's set for next year. So no, the movie that already came out. Well, yeah, that movie. Yeah, and, uh, but this is supposedly an, another one. So uh, called Exodus. But okay. Thank you, Mr. Event Noir, for your submission there. Next one here is from Nasty Nate. And, um, yeah, I think 
what is this Adrenus saying? It's a website. I think I've actually quoted articles from this before, so I will take the I will take credit for this. This is another <laughs> website that is closing down. <laughs> Andrea saying <laughs> closing down, and oh, uh, from the 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 person that runs the website here, I've decided to take up a new non-game related opportunity. I believe will keep me super ultra busy, so I will be ceasing daily activities. I may do some database driven stuff and technology tests look closely and you may see the site's back-end code base change from php to noid i don't even know what that means uh but i'll be just doing articles or update but i won't be doing articles and updates the site's archive and comments will remain in place so you can still consult old content and share it with your children one day their children too thanks for reading all these days so sounds like this guy's uh you know personal life got in the way i probably got him a good job so um that's kind of a sad thing if you peruse this website but it'll definitely still be up just no uh just no new updates so uh thank you mr nasty nate for your submission chris solbro did you uh guys ever go to that site that often yeah, I, I visit yeah. it so often, or be linked there to to articles that would just break. Um, it would it did break a lot of news, especially to the to the rest of the world outside of Japan. So break a lot of rules too. <laughs> <laughs> it may have, but uh, I, I'm I'm sad to see that uh he has to move on. But uh, I wish him well. I, I hope that uh another you know, notch my belt for websites. I think that's about four now. So you're like the scream killer with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, man. I, I guess posters out there if you want to if there's a website that you want me to take down <laughs> links to <laughs> i point you in the direction of the drudge report yeah okay, but um all right well cool and thank you mr nasty nate for your submission um damn this is vent noir with another post but this is important this is from variety magazine or variety the variety website the 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 movie that uh, me and chris are anxiously awaiting that has kaiju robots and uh that badass black uh, british guy it's being converted to 3d so that's cool we have but i i remember guillermo del toro being being against the the post film conversion this reason to converting it yeah. because scale and the size of the the creatures and that he's never released a 3D film but yeah. uh I guess they probably said hey studios like hey uh bub uh this is uh <laughs> what are they Wolverine's ahead of the studio nice yeah. Uh, he's actually CEO. <laughs> Studio well, head Logan. If you if you read uh, the actual story, mm-hmm. uh, it explains that he had misgivings, but he made yeah. various demands, including having uh, control over the editing and asking for a bigger budget and for more time than is normally put into these conversions, and the studio agreed. So. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Thanks for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wasn't me for once. <laughs> I did go to the Larry King School of Journalism. I do know how to report these things. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, what Chris said. Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your submission. And uh, that's cool. I'd like to see giant robots and, um, and, 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 and kaiju in 3D. So that is uh, definitely going to be some good stuff there. Next one here is from Wilder. I don't know. Is Wilder an Australian? Is he a, a criminal Australian? I always think that this guy's an Australian. That's a good question. I, I do not know. Well, do respond to us after this episode. Let us know if you're on uh, an Australian or not, because we'll put you on the list. 
<laughs> I, I could just, you know, check his IP address, but I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> okay. You could use the the age system as the IP locator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this comes from the Anime News Network. Uh, there is the first English subbed uh, Code Geass Aikido Blu-ray is slated for January of next year. Uh, the official website is revealing that January 29th is the release date for the first English subtitled Blu-ray disc of um, in, in, in volume in Japan. It's going to contain the first episode, a drama CD, 24-page book of liner notes, and any credits illustration cards. The disc includes part one of a mechanical making of featurette, teaser and full trailers, commercials, and audio commentary. The limited edition retails for 7,100 yen, which is about $92. (laughs) So uh, insert Blu-ray into rectum with no lube. And it comes in a uh, with a sleeve case by character designer Takahiro Kumara, and the, there's a standard Blu-ray that's going to be uh, selling for that was the um, that was the limited edition one. Uh, this one's much cheaper, only at uh, six thousand yen or about uh, seventy nine dollars <laughs> <laughs> U.S. And it's only got the trailers and commercials. So, uh, and then oh, the I'm sorry, the DVD is at an extra. Uh, lower price of five thousand yen or sixty five dollars. So um, if you like uh, if you like your code Geass and you, you you like to give money to big faceless corporations, here you go. January's what you got to look forward to. So thank you, Mister Wielder, for your, your submission. Right on. All right. Next one here is from. Um, okay, uh, this is from Arbiter, mm-hmm. and I think he works for Macross World now. <laughs> There's a lot of posts about stuff from Macross World on here. But uh, it's coming from Macross World, and he's got a list of some uh, new things that are coming out. Uh, the Macross 7 Blu-ray box uh, art's been revealed. There's some new merchandise and uh, 3D posters from the Macross design exhibit. Uh, the, they have some winners of the actual Miss Macross 30 contest. The Macross 30th and FB fashions and merchandise are going to stay on sale in Shinjuku. And the Macross attractions at Tokyo Dome City Park will include themed food such as Ronka's anatomically correct buns, pineapple salad, and Katsaka. Yeah, those last two I'm not getting near. But yeah, definitely he's got a link here and it's got... It's pretty good because they got they got little screen caps of all this stuff and uh, definitely check it out. So um, there you go. Thank you, Mister Arbiter, and uh, I hope those checks are clearing from Macross World. Because, <laughs> my God. Okay, um, there's one here from a poster, Solbro Ryu, and mm-hmm. it's been like corrected 90 times. Yeah, so, it has. And you just. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this over to you in the Orlando News Bureau to, uh, if you could just give us an update of, of what's going on here, because I saw that <laughs> something was taken down, then it was back up, and then I don't know, I got lost after that. So, well, a uh, a, a, um, a YouTube uh, channel, um, well, sorry, uh, an animated an, an animator by the name of uh, Ota King, he went and did his own, uh, I, I'd say, test uh, animation of a uh, a Star Wars Tie Fighter. Uh, anime. Um, he just, you know, did it, in, and and the way he did it, um, he, when he put it out there, it was silent, completely silent. So, um, 
it just happened to cast the eye of certain so, people. So is this, certain is this like uh, Star Wars done like The Artist? It's a silent movie. <laughs> Except that, and it's like, I'm gonna get you rebels. (laughs) (laughs) We know, we know. I'm sure someone could do a rendition of that video like that, but um, it 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 was just basically an animation test that looked really good for one person working on this. Um, and and it caught the eye of a lot of people online. Um, if you could still find it on YouTube, I believe that Oda King went and put up a a better version of it with sound effects. And it's it's a bit uh, the animation's cleaned up and whatnot, so that's up there now on YouTube. If you look that up, I'll include the link for it in the um in the in the details for this episode, so that people can check it out. But it's really well done. It's done in a 1980s anime style, which is you know just just you know captured my attention when I watched it. And I'm no Star Wars fan, so when I sit here and watch this this oh, potential, wait, no, because that's how you preference your hey, like oh, there. Oh no doubt. Hey, oh, Star Wars. <laughs> hey, check out check this really cool thing out and. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I think the the quote is here. Uh, I'll watch. I'll watch for it forthwith. Fund it, Lucas. Yeah, so, fund it, Lucas. I, 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 <laughs> even though you're not or, a Star Wars or like, fan, uh, injunct it, Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what happened when the uh, when the when the, when the thread went down or the the, the web address went down. It was like injunction. <laughs> well. <laughs> Lucas Film Phoenix Wright game injunction injunction <laughs> cease and desist. Woo! Well, I know this much. I know that the the Clone Wars cartoon is about to come to a close on uh, Cartoon Network, and I don't know if they're going to want to take up another animation project. But this is one hell of a uh, uh, I wouldn't say a pilot, but just you know, like I said, a test animation that I hope captures the eyes of somebody at Lucas. Well, it and, sounds and like maybe... just something a fan did to just kind of yeah. do cool, right? Even though it's an animator, yeah. The coolest thing about it is that they show you what the Tie pilots look, the Tie fighter pilots look like underneath their uh, uh, underneath their flight suits and whatnot. Are they are they hot? Are these uh, hot guys? One of them's hot. It's a chick. Yeah, one of them's a chick with a with a scar above her eye, and she's flying one of those uh, different kinds of looking Tie fighters. That ain't ain't gonna happen if Lucas is funding that. That'll be like it'll be like some goofy (laughs) guy or like Rito clone or something. So it would be, you know, somebody that can, you know, the, the kids like this. The kids the like the cute aliens. <laughs> the, it's funny because when I watch that, when I watch that video, the rebel, the leader of the the rebel, the rebel warship that the Tie Fighters launched from, looks a little bit like Anavol Gato, and um, it does have a little bit of the look from the uh, Star Wars manga that came out a few years back and was printed here locally, I think, by Viz. So um, he, he took a lot of influence, and I think it's really well done. I, I certainly hope, even if it doesn't become a OVA or anything like that, that I hope Ota King's got a. Okay, you're starting to go to Hopper and Dreamers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, jumping, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I'm jumping nothing ahead is going to come from this other than just a one-man animation project doing yeah. something just to show that he can. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what are you talking about, OVA? You're, dude, you... Chris, Chris, you, Chris, Chris went you, right into it, boy. Because you just make it so easy. Yeah, you make I know. It I so, do. so easy, man. You just... Well, well this much... You know, I, I, I don't even have anything to say. This is just, you're just... Hopeless man. Well, I wish Oda King well. Man. <laughs> I, I think it's very well done, and um, I, I wish the best for him and 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 his animation projects in the future. So there you go. Okay. Well, thank you, Solbro from the Orlando News Bureau, for that. <laughs> well, no, it's like if anybody looks on the freaking news thread, there's like nine different posts because, like I said, it got it got uh, in, received the injunction from Lucasfilms, and it was back up. <laughs> and then, you know, it's all so. I, how do you explain it then for me to try to piece this together? So, no doubt. <laughs> uh, thank you for your submission. Um, 
another thing here, uh, kind of with uh, Vent Noir's earlier uh, post about the new Blu-ray uh, for uh, Code Geass Aikido Volume 1, uh, it's got a link here for the uh, Blu-ray DVD promo, so uh, definitely check that out. And um, next one here, and thank you, Mr. Vent Noir. Man, poor guy was in a lot of solitary uh, <laughs> this past week or so. Um <clears throat> This next one here is from Necton GM, and he's got a link here uh, from, I think this is SeanPawn.com. I think mm. that's what it's called. And it's the new RoboCop suit revealed. Uh, he, he puts reviled, but I guess he's trying to be, <laughs> trying to be a, a, little, a little snarky here. Um, and, yeah, if you go to the link, and I think everybody remembers uh, RoboCop, um, very kind of 80s movie with a lot of uh, 80s humor, a lot of cheese, a lot of violence. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and RoboCop was basically what a, a cop that was blown away in a gangland shooting and then reborn as a cyborg that ate baby food. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had to go against the big faceless uh, OCP that was what trying to uh, foreclose on the city. Isn't that what it was? So they could build like some Uber like Yuppieville. Uh, yes. Out of the the things of New York, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, um, <clears throat> they have the picks there. Um, I'm not the biggest RoboCop fan. Oh. I know Solbro is. I, I don't know if Chris is too much. I'm I'm sure I he's probably my RoboCop. Yes, sir. That, okay, absolutely, man. Okay, so guys, uh, your thoughts of the new armor that he's wearing? Or- <laughs> it kind of—I'll be honest with it—it kind of almost looks like God. It looks like. What the hell is that game that everybody was taught that um, that mech suit game that was like on last year? Oh, it started with a V that everybody thought was good. Oh, but I Vanquish. 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 Kind of looks like that suit a little bit too. Yeah. It also looks like almost looks like uh, what Dingo wore in Zone of the Enders too, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. like a, it kind looks, of a, uh, looks to me a lot like a, a Nolan bat suit. Yeah. Okay. That too. So yeah. I'm kind of hoping that uh, this maybe is a. Uh, it's not bad, but it's not really iconic and RoboCopy. So I'm hoping this is maybe like uh, an early, like a Mark One version that gets upgraded later on, just like how you know Iron Man goes through suits like he does underwear. Now, in in this movie, is he blown away like he was in the first one, or is this just the guy wearing a suit? Because from what I can see with this, it just looks like an armor, even though I do see that I'm looking at the picture here, like his left hand is covered with like a glove, and then you can see his other hand, it's a human hand. I, I remember in... What is it? The original RoboCop, the only thing that survived besides his brain was like his right arm or something like that. And they still got rid of it because they wanted to make him into cyborg. Yeah. Is that the same thing that they're doing here or, or what's the deal? Presumably, but uh, the hand being exposed, that could just be special effects. Like they'll, they'll right. put a cannon or something on his hand or oh, do something with his hand. Oh, awesome. Speak, speaking of special effects, they might even enhance the look of his suit in post. Yeah. So okay. um, that, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, too. I mean, it looks it looks pretty basic. Kind of like for the what green turns mask. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the green. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping that that will be the same treatment they do to the suit. But that's kind of probably cost us, make this movie cost a whole lot more. Well, but. As, as a better example, if you look at um, like the set photos of uh, Spider-Man from the last movie, mm-hmm. the costume looks kind of weird. But then if you look at it after right. post in the final film, it looks a lot looks, better. So, yeah, okay. So what are you guys' thoughts of this? Uh, are you feeling a RoboCop remake or? 
I've watched some of the uh, some of the supplementary material they've been put, uh, putting out slowly for the movie, and they're, they're trying to capture the uh, the same feel of a of the Verhoeven movie. So they're, they're trying to to make these commercials and things that um, you know kind of tell you the era that RoboCop takes place in, and 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 try and try the, to the trying to use media. I, I, it's in the future, of course, but they're, they're trying to you know do the same kind of thing that Verhoeven did, and I'm hoping that um, they pull it off. I, I don't know if it's going to have the charm of the first movie, but I've I, I, I've got to I've got to wait and see. I, I am interested in seeing it though. I am, even though it it'd probably end up terrible, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't think we need a RoboCop remake, but uh, oh, come I on. at least. Um have some faith in the director and uh, that's based on seeing his last movie mm-hmm. if you Who's the director uh, a guy named jose padilla he's from brazil okay. and uh, i would recommend anyone if you question why this guy's doing it or why the robocop movie go on your netflix uh, streaming and check out his movie elite squad the enemy within which mm. is a great movie about uh, corrupt cops and you know badasses and cracking down on corruption and stuff like that obviously uh it's in portuguese with english subtitles but it's a great movie so go watch it on netflix all right well on this last before we close out this article i just want to hear from you guys uh robocop versus terminator who wins in a fight well, the video game answered that question, man. I don't want the video <laughs> game answer. The, well, it, the RoboCop, of course, man. It's going to come through, man. Chris. He's, he's Murphy. Here, Chris, what do you Turn think? Turn A, Moonlight Butterfly wins the match. Nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Mechton GM, for your submission here. And, oh, this one's from Nasty Nate. And this is, I, I don't know where we filed this on uh, uh, when it comes to news, <laughs> but it's probably good that I, I, I felt compelled to uh, put this up there anyways because this is a, a really nice thing. Plus, it's got some great uh, gun tank action sequences. Oh, it sure does. It's the, uh, <laughs> if you check Nasty Nate's uh, link here, this is the official Gundam fan chat commercial has been released. And uh, it's got the three of us and in, in various Gundams uh, fighting our worst enemies. Uh, what is it? A, a, a My Little Pony, mm-hmm. uh, a Gundam that has the head of Nina Purpleton. <laughs> and what was the? And then what was the other one? Um, I forget. <laughs> that I, know was the, the... I know the final boss is Strike Freedom, so yeah. I, I know that much. But uh, definitely check that out. And thank you for whoever made that it's uh, pretty good there and uh keep coming and i think um i think i i would like to see a a gun tank oba of this being done because uh the adventures of gun tank because we can actually see that uh, i use the gun tank better than hayato or um or what's his face ryu did so uh because because you can actually because i can actually flip it over it was uh the third the third enemy was a goof with the head of the ava unit 01 oh yes okay <laughs> There we go. So thank you, Mr. Nasty Nate, for your submission and for, um, you know, doing that. Whoever did that. I, I would imagine he was the one that did it. But yeah, yeah and, and I all, to advertise the, the Gundam fan chat, which you can find <clears throat> the links for in the, uh, the details for this episode as well. You should definitely check that out as well. Um, next one here is from Ventnor again, but this is kind of cool. There's a uh, this is coming from the Anime News Network. There's a Gundam Breaker video game that lets you fight with plastic models. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a new game for the PS3 and the PlayStation Vita, mm-hmm. and it was at Sony's pre Tokyo Game Show press conference. Unlike most of the previous Gundam games that try to recreate the robot anime itself, 
This new game will pit plastic models against other plastic models in stages inspired by dioramas. So, for example, here they showed uh, they showed images of a one one forty four scale uh, RX seventy eight dash two taking on a much larger one sixtieth scale RX seventy eight dash one two, and uh, <laughs> the, the diorama they sh- and they were fighting between the diorama of Diver City Tokyo, which is the the real life home of the life size Gundam statue. So definitely check that out. Sounds kind of cool. Uh, plastic model on plastic model crime. So. Um, <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty pretty interesting there. So the next one here is I gotta go to the next page. So just uh, bear with me, guys. All right, the next one here is from another Australian, probably with the most dangerous one, Ula Flaga. And uh, <laughs> this post made me laugh because it said. Um, Australian researchers. <laughs> There's no researchers in Australia. <laughs> Only their research is how to crack, how to get out of prison. But uh, it, it's kind of an interesting. It's it's more of a it's it's more of like a, a real science type of thing. So I'm not going to go too much into it. But uh, they say that the world's first quantum computer is just five or ten uh, years away. So that's um, that's bad because that means memories and that means robot apocalypse. So uh, once again, tomes being uh, held uh, even tighter than before each week that goes by. So I'm, gonna te- I'm telling you, folks, mm-hmm. everybody thinks zombie apocalypse is going to happen. No, it's robo-apocalypse is what's <laughs> going to happen. I'm telling you. <laughs> somebody, somebody called Edward James Olmos and, and mm-hmm. Thor. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's a robot zombie apocalypse? That would be... Uh, that's another scenario that I, uh, that I crunched in here in the war room with uh, Lord King and the Admiral, and uh, it's not good. <laughs> It's not good, but thank God we have uh, outside of the United States military, we have the the largest amount of explosives in uh, in the world with uh, survey up the road. So um, <laughs> I know he's stockpiling for this. Oh, you guys want to hear a joke? What's that? What's the difference between uh, what's the difference between uh, yogurt and Australia? What is the difference? Uh, yogurt has culture. Oh, oh. I'll be here all week, folks. Oh my God, I'm sorry, Aussies. <laughs> oh, they know. <laughs> They're gearing up the now back to revolt against you. Yeah. <laughs> the Outback Steakhouse. I know how to take care of them. I saw Mad Max. Uh, Burt Man 4, he's got a submission here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a... Um, there, there is a Japanese robot suit that was uh, created by a samurai blacksmith. So uh, there's th- this is w- one creative Japanese blacksmith. Now you can still have to be as rich as Tony Stark to do it, but there's a uh, see an awesome robot suit in action. In action, uh, it's a new robot suit from Japanese blacksmith Kogoro Karada, an artist who designed and engineered the suit for Sudibasha Heavy Industry. In the video, he describes the suit as being more akin to armor troopers from uh, the, the anime series Armor Trooper Votomes then Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, which are both manned by humans. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could call uh, Jericho a human. He was more of a freaking just badass god dude. But uh, <laughs> um, The point is, AT Votomes don't need any specially trained pilot, meaning that just about anyone can figure out this bad boy. Uh, it doesn't take Tony Stark-level genius, but it will take his level of cash with a starting price of $1.35 million. So um, it uh, allows the user to pilot the device and deploy non-lethal joke weapons. So 
there's uh, definitely some YouTube videos on here, so uh, check that out. So nice. uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting looking. Thank you, Burt Man, for for your submission. Man, Arbiter, Jesus, are you are you on the payroll? I hope with Macross World. <laughs> last uh, one of the last ones we have here is uh, from Vent Noir, and it's it's a follow up to. Um, a poll that happened not too long ago, who destroyed the Statue of Liberty best. Uh, this one is who destroyed the moon the best. Ooh. So, uh, who do you think? Who's, who destroyed the moon the best? Yeah. You, you, you know it's Piccolo. <laughs> here. Huh? They don't even, I don't, yeah, they do have Dragon Ball. Yeah. Oh, they do? Okay, cool. They, they do have one that's on there. Uh, some other ones are uh, Hair Devil Hair. Where uh, Marsh, uh, they they blow it up, Bugs Bunny versus the Moon mm-hmm. from 1948, uh, Space 1999. The entire premise of this show is base is the Moon is blasted out by the Earth's orbit, causing lunar colonists to hurtle through space. I've never even heard of that show. Oh man! Uh, um, oh, <laughs> what, of course, Yamato uh, when they they uh, when the Comet Empire launches the fire attack on the Moon. Oh. And, that blew it up. Um, a what if from Marvel? What if the Avengers had become pawns of Korvac? And that's when they, uh, the moon gets destroyed there. Of course, Akira, the uh, manga. Uh, Amazon Women on the Moon. I've never even heard of that, but it's a movie from 1987. I'm sure it was on the street. Adventures of Superman, number 478. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Devm from blowing up the moon. Unfortunately, Linear Man learns the moon must be destroyed in order to maintain the timeline. So Superman is sent back to his own time, and the moon goes boom. Damn, uh, um, Mr. Boom blowing up the moon. Everything behind. Everyone is behind NASA's most ambitious uh, mission. Oh, you mean, oh, oh, you mean Mr. Show? Oh Mr. my God, show. blowing up the moon. Yeah, I used to watch Cowboy that show, Bebop. man. Yeah, Bebop. That was like a big part of the backstory to that show. Was that yeah. the moon? The moon at least exploded in part. Yeah. There's a 7-Up commercial from uh, 2000 mm-hmm. and Sonic Adventure 2, The Time Machine, Tenchi Muyo, Three Moons Over Milford, Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness, Oh yeah, Impact, Assassination Classroom. My God, how many are these? The Aquabat Super Show mm-hmm. and Iron Sky, a movie Iron's- of Nazis living on the moon couldn't get away with the moon completely intact. <laughs> so Nazis on the freaking moon. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, Sounds movie. like the moon gets as blown up as much as Tokyo Tower. No yeah, doubt. It. <laughs> New York's And as but, much as as much as uh, Paris gets lit up in anime. Yeah. And the last one here comes from uh Vent Noir again and I'm not going to go into this because this is the thing that Chris went up me on about Pacific Rim's uh 3D conversion. So all the stuff that Chris talked about and all the, you know, about that conversion, it's all there. So definitely uh check that out if you um, you know, want to read a little bit more in there. And if there's any facts that Chris had wrong, definitely get him at Chris at MHQ at gmail.com. So, um, me facts wrong. I do journalism, son. <laughs> Sorry. Jeff, I have a know. degree from the Jeff Daniels school of journalism, truthiness nice. and, and pretension. I'm sorry. I, I, I did not realize that. I, I my apologies, sir. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for your submissions. And like always, if you have any news articles, go to the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And before we go on to our uh, topic, two topics today, the uh, last nine episodes of Gundam Age, which we're going to split up into two, um, two sections there, um, 
just like we talked about last episode, now there's going to be a little new feature here in Gundam call, and um, as uh, seen by all of the posts that went to the thread that was created, the Hopers and Dreamers corner. Um, here's Solbro with uh, some select Hopers and Dreamers, and of course Chris will come in with uh, definite destruction and denial of these hopes and dreams. So, oh my. Chris Solbro, you have the floor. <laughs> Well, welcome, everybody, to the Hopers and Dreamers Corner. I suggest you go grab yourself a glass of scotch, maybe some warm tea, sit by the fireplace, and, and listen to some of these hopes and dreams that were submitted by some of our excellent listeners. And meditate on the futility of them all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Both sides of the coin represented the segment. But um, our first submission is from Dollover Lance. He's a longtime uh, producer for Gundam Specials. On the on Gundam at MAHQ. Yes, I think we know who he is. And if you don't know who he is, you have you, this, this must is be episode your, 110. I think we all know who he is. Just if, get to if, it. Please. If you have no idea who he is, <laughs> this must be your first episode listening. So Someone wants to destroy some <laughs> hopes and dreams. But Dalo writes, "I'm willing to wait for things to get better. I guess my biggest hope is for anime dubs to never die, and for people to stop disregarding them, and for others to stop putting down the fans who like them." That is my biggest hope, a theme from Double O, understanding. It's also a theme from Gundam Age, which we'll get into, <laughs> but not done as well. Um, yeah, I, I wish that people would respect dubs a bit more. People still think that dubs suck, and they don't. There are a lot of work put into dubs. Um, Donlo and I actually got in a conversation about this, and he had mentioned um, one particular dub group, which I love to death, which is Bang Zoom Entertainment, which is based out of L.A., a lot of long-time anime voice actors have been coming out that group and, uh, and, and put, putting out a lot of solid dubs. They worked on several Gundam series, mostly OVAs and whatnot. And um, not only they have put out good work, but other, 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 um, and other dub studios around the country have as well. But um, I, I, I'm right there with you, Dalo. Uh, any thoughts on this, Chris? Dalo, nothing will ever get better. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Chris, do you think Just, there's going to be more, more dubs now? Now that Dollar's written this, do you think there's going to be more dubs? Or are we going to continue to have a whole lot less? <laughs> I think uh, we're on a downward trend with some dubs. And uh, this has been going this way anyway for years because dubs are freaking expensive. And not everything is going to get dubbed. And for all those whiners who bitch, I'm not going to buy this anime if it has no dub. Shut the hell up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Peter? <laughs> <laughs> so... When it comes to dubs, you know, obviously high profile releases are going to get that. And um, for all these anime companies, it's just going to be a simple business decision of cost benefit analysis. You know, will we get enough sales back by dubbing this to make it worth it? And if we won't, then we won't dub it. So Wait a second, Chris. Are you, are you saying that anime is a business? Yes, it is a business. Oh my! No, I thought they were Companies doing. Companies want to make money from you. Get the hell oh out of my, here! No way. <laughs> yes, they're not just here to provide uh, free, unlimited entertainment for us. So, what about us, the ninety-nine percent anime lovers? <laughs> I, I know. Faceless corporate bastards. I, I I guess I'd rather have just a subtitle version of an anime come out here than to have a poorly done dub on cheap. Um, and I know that good dubs cost 
a, a considerable amount of money, especially if you get Bang Zoom to do it, or even nowadays Ocean or uh, Funi, uh, Funimation. I'm about to say Funimation. Oh my God, Funimation. Well, them too. Funimation too. <laughs> <laughs> Funimation's people to do it and you know they, they have to pick and choose their battles if they know it's a show that's going to sell well yeah I, I i can see where you're coming from but yeah i do miss the the fact that dubs used to come standard and i, I one of these days hopefully well, uh, well a lot of those standard dubs weren't that good just look at a lot of the junk that adv used to put out oh man the, the you're taking me back yeah. I have I have no problem with dubs. I prefer mm-hmm. good dubs, but it's just a fact that we're not going to see as many, and that's not going to change. And maybe in the future we see even fewer ones. Yeah, because dubbing also slows down the time that it takes you to release something. And we live in an anime world where everything is all just instant gratification. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm-hmm. We got people who can't even wait uh, for a stream to pop up, and and they'll go download a uh, a fan sub. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds exactly, but uh, I don't think that dubs are just going to be the standard default option that uh, people have gotten accustomed to ever since the 90s. So let me, so let me guess. Uh, you're not wearing shades on this one because the future isn't so bright for <laughs> anime dubs. The future of nothing is bright. There you go. Well, all right. Well said, sir. Well said. Right. Uh, our next submission comes from Zeon's Silver Star, and he writes... Something I've never been fond of is fandom rivalries, and I would like to see it end. I go to certain places, and I feel like I can't mention certain shows. I'm trying to avoid naming names, since there there will be some huge knee-jerk reaction. This is even worse when you're a part of both. I just think that one day we can all coexist sorry for sounding oh, corny God. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. Is, is this is this is this keo posting i'm sorry what was the name again <laughs> Zeon Zeon Superstar. Superstar. That, I, that, I didn't know that that spells keo oh no <laughs> how fitting how it's vague it's it's vegan for keo yeah i i hate fandom rivalries too i think they're stupid i i think um when it comes down to it why 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 can't you just enjoy both or at least pick and choose what you want from stuff. There's some things you'll never watch again into, but is it really worth just arguing how your your show is better than the other show? Um, I mean, even fan of robberies that exist within franchises, like uh, people who don't like Voyager, people that like Voyager but don't like Deep Space Nine, or vice versa. You know, it's just why well, waste you your time. You don't want to bring up Voyager. Oh yeah, boy, please, please don't, <laughs> please don't do that. I've I've had well, we've had our fill of Voyager recently, Woo! but uh, man, Captain, Keo, Captain I mean, uh, Zeon Silver Star. Nothing is going to get better. People will always bitch. Uh, your best advice, don't hope people to understand each other because they won't. Just ignore people. That's, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Just ignore people. George, yeah. George Dekai recently wrote something I saw on Facebook. He had said, uh, can't, can't, can't Star Wars, he said, oh my, can't, <laughs> can't Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans get along and come nope. together and hate Twilight? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then he later added, by the way... <laughs> Hot, awesome, and Empire Strikes Back. Oh my! Shout out to George. By the Kai. way, who would like to see me in a Captain Sulu series with Ooh. the Excelsior? Yes, and that's a ship full of men. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. I would watch that shit, dude. I would watch Ooh, that man. shit if if George if they made if they allowed Sulu to be like George Takai is now since he came out of the closet and all oh, that yeah. stuff. If he was completely gay, uh, Captain Sulu on the Excelsior, and it was just like a ship full of men, and it was like, <laughs> it would be the funniest damn thing ever. The fabulous adventures of the, of the Excelsior. The fabulous adventures of Captain Sulu in the Excelsior. 
Man, George Takai, he's the man. Fucking, I, uh, what's his face? Rodberry be spinning in his grave. He would be, right? <laughs> I think he was already spinning in his grave uh, the moment DS9 appeared and uh, smashed his uh, socialist utopia. Oh, did it I, ever. Can, can, I, can I make a comment on what this person, uh, Keo, said? Keo. Or, yeah, go, yes, go, yeah, go ahead, Neo. Um, when it comes to rivalries, I, I agree with Chris. I mean, you're always going to have rivalries. I mean, and, and when it comes to sports or anime or whatever it might be, um, and, and I think it's okay. I'll, I'll be honest, with you. I think sometimes it's okay to go back and forth and, and shit talking with, you know, fans of a different things, as long as it doesn't get personal. I think that's the difference. If it gets really well, personal, that people, that unfortunately is, is I know, a threshold that gets crossed almost yeah. instantly, <laughs> along with uh, Godwin's law and uh, right. the other internet well, interaction. I, I, I think instead of like the whole "can we all get along," I think the, the the easier thing is just just don't allow it to get personal. That'd be the only thing that I could say. But yeah, I agree. It's that's not going to happen, especially with anime fans because they. Uh, uh, being rational is not part of their genes, uh, so <laughs> and the damn and and I think a lot of that's been exacerbated by the fact that the internet has given the uh, people that shouldn't be heard a voice. So, um, but yeah, it's it's gonna happen. I, I wouldn't really worry about it, but yeah, ign- ignore it. That's the best advice I could give too. I mean, you can you can try to dip some rationale into the conversation, but I don't think it's gonna go very far, especially for those who are diehard about one in, show in, and in the, the end, other. In the end, you gotta sit there and laugh and say, "What the hell are we talking about?" <laughs> just, just just try to find. In the, it, just find, try to pick out the people who are willing to have an intelligent conversation with you about it. That's the best you can. That's the best you can um, get from this. And I just wanted to to give a shout out to George Takai because I just heard his voice on Transformers Prime. He's the voice of Alpha Trion, man. Word up. Oh my. But, um, oh my. <laughs> but yeah, good uh, good submissions, fellas. Uh, much thanks to Dalo and Zeon Superstar for being the first two to submit to the uh, Soul Bros uh, Hopers and Dreamers corner and uh, we can't read the, we can't wait to read the rest so that Chris can just eviscerate them but uh, back to you Neil <laughs> alright well, uh, I'm going to have to now go uh, take some Pepto-Bismol because my stomach is ill from that but um, we'll be uh, going into our first uh, segment of our reviews of the last nine episodes of uh, Gundam Age you're listening to Gundam at MHQ <laughs> Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. I can't believe Game and Morpher gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You can't fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. 
Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop to Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I thought they smelled bad on the outside, on the subject of Cowboy Bebop. So, but anyway, going back to uh, the good parts that I missed. All right, uh, phase boobs. Phase boobs. <laughs> we haven't talked I have to about say those that yet, was but... not a good part for me. That's something I didn't really pay attention to. I enjoyed the boobs. Thirteen-year-old, thirteen-year-old uh, adolescent David would like to have an argument with you, ma'am. <laughs> oh, I can see how you would have enjoyed that. Hey. It's just, are you more of a leg person? Is that why you weren't looking at her boobs? Because her <laughs> oh, legs no. are nice, too. <laughs> no, it's just that, you see, I have my own set. I really don't need to worry about hers. That's the best argument I've ever heard. <laughs> I, uh... Seriously, no I'm, I'm dumbfounded dumb, dumb, uh, dumb by that argument. Being... Congratulations, <laughs> you won the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Please check our website at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. Well, I'm blessed milk. I don't serve no goddamn milk. No milk. Right. Well, how about some water? You don't serve no goddamn water. No water. Right. You know, I'll just have whatever you suggest. What is this stuff? Right. Goddamn whiskey. That's good. <laughs> Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ, and as mentioned at the start of the show, we're devoting this whole episode to wrapping up Gundam Age with the last nine episodes, but for this first segment, we're going to focus on episodes 41 through 45 um, of the, with my apologies to Sobro, the Three Generations Saga. Oh, so, so, so it's true. That's what it's called. Yeah, at the beginning, it didn't seem that way because aside from a new Gundam and a new op, it was still about the same retarded kids. So mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it's only a few episodes later when it starts to balance out and you see less of this moron. It's like, oh, okay, so this is three generations. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take that apology. Thank you. <laughs> what a, what a soul bro's rare wins. Oh, my gosh. One of the few. Rel- relish <laughs> it while, while you have it because <laughs> not, not come again soon. <laughs> it's going to be short-lived. <laughs> Because because I'm gonna uh, I'll probably like attack you for something in in just a few minutes. So indeed, <laughs> all is right with the world. <laughs> so we're gonna kick things off with episode 41, Magnificent Fram. And as always, we're not gonna get into deep synopsis of the plot because either you've already watched it or you can just read my review about it on MHQ. 
So we've got the continuation of the moon battle, and we have um, Zehart going out in the battle, and he's joined by Fram, who has decided that uh, she's just going to love him forever. Oh, no. Or at least until episode 48. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got himself a new fangirl. <laughs> she uh, she goes out in battle in the Fon Farcia, which uh, basically is the old Farcia, almost the exact same suit, but with a little beam whip magic girl magic wand. Mm-hmm. And we got some fighting there on the moon, and she's fighting Kyo and desperately trying to prove herself to Zehato-sama. Oh, and no. uh, Kyo busts out with understand each other let's let's find the way to end the war we're all human we should learn to live together oh. <laughs> while at the same at the same time uh super pirato asamu is trying to tell zehart the truth about easel plans but zehart doesn't want to listen and uh at the end of the episode we get a little spoiler adding the Adding to the fight by the launch of Tirado Spriggan. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Hence, uh, what, four episodes of Fail uh, after that? Damn. <laughs> so, uh, so, bro, your comments on episode 41. Yeah, um, to, see, to see that Fram finally, uh, I guess, it got a bit more of a focus in this episode. Uh, it, it was kind of neat, but how, how she transforms into uh, Zahart's new fangirl. It, is a, it puts me off a bit. I mean, granted, you knew it was going to happen because, you know, she started off so hard-edged uh, earlier on because of the death of her uh, her brother. Um, was his name Dole? Dole. Yeah. Um, the uh, Lost Frost uh, Brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lost Frost Brother. But yeah, gonna... <laughs> but, yeah, just to see how she's now devoted herself to uh, Zahart and 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 now becomes becomes yet another one of his pawns it is a sad thing to see um but at the same time you knew it was going to happen uh, i like her character regardless I, I i think there's aspects to her that are that are okay why why do you like her character i i i like her because um she is uh zahart's girl friday and um oh. there's, there's a bit of an admir- I, I guess maybe i have a a fondness for that character type that's probably it and uh, that's my own fault <laughs> as always uh because i mean mm-hmm. she at least was marginally interesting at the beginning in the yeah. third generation when she had this secret agenda to, mm-hmm. to watch the heart and see how he treats his men and then suddenly for no reason in this episode she just decides to madly be in love with him yeah and just becomes this one note character because that is all she will be for the rest of the series and she basically turns from being a potentially interesting character into Sarah Zabiaroff. Oh, damn. <laughs> you take any of take go go back yeah. if you dare. Mm-hmm. Look at any of Fram's dialogue from this point on. Replace every instance of Zehato sama with Paptima sama and tell yep. me what's different. Not a, not a damn thing. Not, not a, a damn, damn thing. thing. <laughs> just <laughs> a totally blind sycophant who just doesn't understand what is going on so despite this episode's title i don't think there was anything magnificent about fram Woo! and she didn't even fight that well <laughs> this crappy uh not much better version of a 50 year old mobile suit I, I i i will say that the thing i like most about this episode is how awesome was coaching keo uh during the fight and you know trying to keep help him keep his wits about him but with keo not taking a stance on not killing anyone um 
you know, that that's even a problem for Awesome somewhere along the way. And he's Awesome's got to come in and back him up and, you know, a lot more than what um, what he would normally have to do if Keo was finishing his plate. So, yeah. Um, and, and it brings a question up to me um, because I know people are going to argue this fact. Um, Keo takes the same standpoint that Kira eventually takes in um, in Seed and the standpoint that Loran took from the beginning in Turn A Gundam. Uh, to you, I mean, granted, I, 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 people will say that they're on the same side of the coin, but I would, I would argue differently because the situations were different. How do you guys feel about that? Well, Kira is in a different boat because um, even though he uh, stopped killing people, he didn't because yeah. yeah. he sure kept <laughs> slicing up ships and ships. Last time I checked, have people in them, no doubt. <laughs> and uh, he also did kill Rao. Mm-hmm. And he was ready to shoot Durandal before Ray took the initiative. Right. So, yeah, to say that Kira stopped killing is uh, is not exactly accurate, given that whenever he wants to, he does, in fact, keep killing. <laughs> and, and, you, and you have to think, too, too. I mean, in, in defense of Kira also, he had a couple of uh, kills that affected him personally more. You know, like when he killed, uh, supposedly killed DT and stuff like that. and. Uh-huh. and Nicole and all that. So there was a little bit more of a personal connection to it, which is kind of understandable. But yet, like Chris said, when it came down to brass tacks, when he needed to take out somebody, he didn't have too much of a problem. Uh, his, his kind of uh, values there went out the door. Yeah. So Even, even Laurent Shahak, when he took on Swetson, he had to kill him. It was the only way he could take him out. Or did was he the one who killed him? I know Laurent killed no, somebody. No, it was, uh, it it was, was Jim. Jim. It was Jim. But the Laurent thing about did, Laurent mm-hmm. was... I mean, he didn't want to fight his own people, and yeah. that's obvious because, you know, he knew that, you know, a lot of people were being misled, but it didn't stop him from what was doing, doing what was necessary to take people down and, and you know, chop them up to pieces, even if they did survive. Whereas Keo uh, clearly cannot multitask and gets so busy with his ramblings about understanding <laughs> and let's stop fighting that. He can't defend himself at the same time, and as you see in this episode and countless more after, he has to keep being saved by other people. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, and the other because thing- he just is babbling so much about this, and you know, this talk about finding a way to end the war. Why do you say that to an enemy pilot who's trying to kill you? If you want to talk about <laughs> peace and understanding, that comes after the war. That's for the diplomats and the big people to think about. I, I have to quote Durando here. Uh, with with uh, what he said to um, Atherin, like, you know, just do what you do, which is be a pilot and don't think about these big things. Don't ask the big questions. Just do what you're supposed to and let other people do what they're supposed to. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> really, for all of the counterweight that Destiny tried to give that argument, uh, look what Atherin ended up being, just a pilot who did what he was told. <laughs> Except that he decided he'd rather be told what to do by Lacus than by Durandal. <laughs> and, and and the thing is too is you know Laurent didn't go after uh, other people like Soshi and stuff that actually were killing uh, some of the Moonrace people during these battles like mm-hmm. Keo was. I mean, Keo, the biggest issue that I have with Keo is it's like everyone else around him, you know, Asamu's exempt from this and on all these other things, and you know, all these other guys are killing people, but yet Grandpa Flit is sitting back on the bridge of the Diva saying he wants to kill all the freaking vegans, and this guy's having a shit fit about it. But yet, you know, Asamu's killed how many? I mean, I mean, I, I was starting to want to start. After all this crap happened, started taking account of how many people Asamu was smoking. That would mean having to watch again. Yeah, I know, and I, and I, I don't want to do that. 
But I mean that that's where that's where the that's where it becomes really dumb. And it, there's nothing there's nothing really substantial in uh, Keo's life that really necessitates him being this big peacenik all of a sudden. Because it's not like that little girl died in battle. She didn't die in battle or anything like that. But it's it just, uh, just, I mean, I can't believe we're defending Destiny on this. But. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> oh, I don't want to, but, I mean, it's just the stupidity yeah, of his yeah. thought process was, is, you know, let's stop fighting. Let's be friends. I mean, if it was that simple, like, just tell an enemy in the middle of a fight, Let's stop fighting. Let's be friends. There would have never been a war to begin with if problems could be solved so easily. Yeah, and, and what is uh, private first class uh, uh, vagant grunt pilot? How is he going to change everything and be like, oh, you know what? You're right. Oh, commander, we need to stop fighting. They're going to shoot him in the face. I mean, yeah. And I told I don't him about airlock. How sparing um, enemy grunts and aces stops the war. All it does is leave them with more pilots who can come back to the battlefield and kill again in the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. So it's a completely retarded nonsense argument, and uh, it distresses me that, that Gundam has been moving in this direction uh, for the last decade of, of this understanding nonsense, which, at least to its credit, Double O did somewhat did manage it better because it fit that story more, and it wasn't just some idiot battling, oh, let's understand each other. Oh. Well, uh, it, it, it sets it, the, the best it, lead in a Gundam series in the last decade. <laughs> it, it definitely shows you, though, the differences between the early uh, Tamino Gundams and stuff like that, because, i.e., Tamino, what, experienced the, the post-war era and, and enduring it and stuff like that. So you, you can see that you got all these all these Japanese peacenicks doing all this stuff. So, oh, damn. I mean, well, I mean, it, it's yeah, the I'm, truth. I'm, it, it's the absolute truth. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, this guy... This guy grew up in post-war Japan, knew about all of the awful things probably firsthand from his family and friends and things like this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have a whole generation of people now. They're like, oh, yeah, these people are saying they're going to kill us and exterminate us. But we can talk to them. If we talk to them, it'll all make it better. So it just doesn't work that way. So how many um, understandings do we give this episode? I'd probably give it uh, three three nods of understanding. (laughs) Two and a half. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half. Uh, it did have some decent action, so yeah, that's why I give, I give it. it um, I give it uh, three understandings out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if it didn't have that action, it'd be a two. It just it was just an episode. I mean, that's all it was. You just sat there, nothing special, and then just spouting of nonsense. But now the excitement though built because it's Giardo Spriggan. Oh Go snap! Yes. So since the last episode ended on a cliffhanger, uh, we start off with episode 42, Gerardo Spriggan! <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean, you mean Shanalulu standing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or uh, low-rent low Rosamia. There you go. <laughs> so uh, Gerardo Spriggan joins the battle, and she's all like, I'm Gerardo Spriggan! You must fight Girardo Spriggan. My name is Girardo Spriggan. What does that woman have like, a dude's name? Yeah, that was. I forgot who said that too. Somebody was like, "What? The, what is going on here?" Okay, so uh, this episode is all about the backstory of Girardo Spriggan, <laughs> and uh, Keo is is uh, foisting his nonsense upon her. Let's understand each other. Let's let's be friends. Let's stop fighting. Oh. <laughs> 
And she's like, hey, kid, I betrayed the Federation to destroy it. Why are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> so we get into the backstory of Girado Spriggan mm-hmm. through an extended flashback. And we find out that her name was really Raina Spriggan. Right. And she was a test pilot with a guy named Gerard Fornell. And they were testing uh, new crap for mobile suits. But then they fell in love. Oh, no. <laughs> and then one day they were testing uh, this new, like, X-Rounder equipment on their mobile suits. And uh, there was an accident during the test. Mm-hmm. And the two suits went out of control. So um, basically Gerard got real rocked. Oh, yes, yeah, he, he did. did. <laughs> yeah, he did. I laughed. Oh, no. This one's a real rock. <laughs> he got he got real rocked, and uh, Raina got seriously injured. And then after the accident, she hears that um, the up and ups are going to uh, write this off as pilot error and blame everything on him. Mm-hmm. But then uh, this guy Aaron Simmons, the commander of the lunar base, who also defected to the Vegans, made her an offer she couldn't refuse. Well, did it did it involve Mario coins? <laughs> no, it did not involve Mario coins. No, there were there were no Mario coins were used in the making of this offer. She she had better. Uh, she must have had the uh, the above the basic plan for the Federation healthcare as opposed to Shanalulu because she she got better care. It seemed like so. I guess so. So um, while all this uh, fighting is going on in the present after this flashback and Keo's more with his understanding nonsense. Um, Girardo Spriggan starts having weird X-Rounder reactions that all of the X-Rounders feel. Now I have a question. I can't remember. or Maybe I'm uh, forcibly purging this from my memory. But um, did was she? Uh, did they enhance her in any way? I know she had the X-Rounder capabilities, but was she enhanced in any way, like a cyber new type? Or, no. Or is it just the system? Okay. I just, just wanted to double check. Okay. So, uh, Neil, what are your comments on episode 42 of Girardo Spriggan? I just sat there, and I was like, okay, here we go. We have a, an enemy ace pilot, quote-unquote ace pilot. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm expecting some cool battles. But then we go through a backstory of somebody that we just got introduced to and who really wasn't that interesting. I mean, it's sad that she fell in love with this guy that was a test pilot. And they were both test pilots, and he got real rocked. But, you know, that's what kind of happens when you're a test pilot. <laughs> Last time I checked, they, they, they probably tell you uh, there's going to be some risk in what you do. But um, it was just a lot well, of in, in her defense, though, the commander yeah, of the mission off, yeah. didn't care that uh, there was a problem because he just wanted that data so bad. Yeah. Right. So, no, I understand. You know, that, he but... ignored the safety of the pilots just because he wanted data, which that's right. not but in the end, this was just a bunch of stuff and a bunch of backstory of somebody that wasn't really instrumental in the story as a whole. I mean, what was Giardo Springen? Just some above-grunt well, pilot. She, she was name-checked a zillion episodes ago when they were launching from not Jaburo. And uh, <laughs> to me, like all of this focus on her is even more useless than that late Destiny focus on Mir because at least Mir yeah. had been in the series for a long time. Yeah. But why are we supposed to care about Gerard? I mean, yeah, her betrayal happened off screen. All of this stuff um, happened to her before we see her. And it has no impact on me because it's just a late entry in the series. Again, most simply, why should I care about her? 
Yes, yeah. her backstory is tragic, but what does that mean to me? I mean, we didn't see her uh, defection on screen. It wasn't like she was someone that was part of the Divas crew who then defected, and we find out why. She's just yeah. some random idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and, and, and yeah, exactly. And, and that's the way I felt, too. It's just like, okay, we're devoting all this time to somebody that's not pivotal, doesn't have anything on here, and then the whole thing with Keo just sitting there trying to change this person i mean uh for as naive as this guy is he's real naive on this point because she was a jilted lover i mean she lost her lover uh and blamed you know blamed the federation for it so there's just nothing you can do when it comes to changing her mind she's not going to change her mind on this and yeah it's just i mean i don't know if they were trying to uh, make up for the loss of what they had with Shenalulu where they could you know they could have made this, you know, made her into somebody like this, which may have made a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it might have even made more sense if, like, she was, Gerardo Spriggan was Shanalulu. Like, she came back and, you know, they messed with her. And that would have made a little bit more sense. But then, I don't know, this is age. Why would it make sense? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this episode sucked, to be honest with you. Okay, uh, Solbro? Man, um... I, I honestly don't, believe. Don't, don't, don't be switching. No, 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 no. Let your hang, hate flow. Let hang on, hang on. Let me, let me, let me, let me say. I honestly believe the writers of this show had a had a checklist of character character <laughs> concepts they wanted for this season, and they ran down this checklist as the episodes progressed, and they had the chance to introduce this character probably earlier on, but they chose not to until late in the day, which is my big argument. It's like why introduce this character so late in the goddamn series? And and go into all this trouble for a backstory just to have her just be a tragic story and, and to kill her, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna mention her yeah. way back and not Jaburo, which was almost ten episodes before this, why yeah. not have freaking shown her back then? I would yeah. I, I would have thought that her character being so important because the show focused on her for so damn long uh, that she would actually end up you know being of some use to yeah. to to the group. I would I I thought I thought in the best case scenario, um, mm. if Keo did talk some sense into her which of course is impossible but if he did then she would end up joining the pirates or something like that which could well, have definitely use the pilot of her caliber on their side uh, you, you know what it made it more interesting is yeah. the fact of instead of that weasel handing over the base to them why didn't they just have it where she was the um she helped uh she raised a coup among the pilots and stuff and she was the one calling the shots there instead of this this guy but yeah it was yeah. just I don't. Yeah, you're right. I think they just had a checklist of characters, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's this episode, episode 42, and um, we haven't put this character in yet. Hurry, let's put her in." The so. way the, the way this series uses its characters, and and this is not as apparent in the first season, but in seasons two and three, they don't utilize the characters well. They're almost like props where they just show up, do something, and then they either die or you know the outcome is real simple for them. And I mean, it just goes to the whole approach on how they just how the writers approach this series. And 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 they they wasted a really good resource in Reina because uh, and ironically her name is Reina like uh, Judo's sister uh, in uh, Double Zeta but um yeah I, I just I thought it was a waste of a character I liked her backstory and I think she would have served a lot bigger purpose if she would have brought if she was brought into the early part of the third series um, as opposed to being brought into this late in the day and having a chip on her shoulder and then being another boss that they got to take down and um, it's a damn shame it, it just it was disappointing. But um, overall, those that was my thought on that. Um, I, I I will say this: I did like her backstory. I mean, that's a real benefit. Uh, the the only positive I could say about this episode. 
but it meant nothing though. I mean, it was good. Yeah. It was an interesting backstory, but it, in the end, it didn't do anything for it the became, story. It yeah. came earlier than it would have been of some use. Or she was an integral part of the the situation that was going on. She was yeah. just some chick. She looked she looked like a character that could have been turned to 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 common sense and and eventually be of some kind of use in the series and hopefully become an ally. Just one of those characters that, you know, you wouldn't expect to become an ally, but then, you know, would have finally become an ally. But that means we'd be writing the show, us fans. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, so guys, uh when when uh, will the uh, drinking game be made for this episode? Oh, it's your artist spray again. <laughs> Every time well, okay. So every time um, Gerardo Spriggan is mentioned, you mm-hmm. well, you take a shot. Yeah, pretty which much. Is a lot of shots. Yeah, yeah you're, uh, you're not every, ma- you're not making it through this episode. Every time Keo mentions <laughs> understanding or talking, you take two shots. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Uh, every Damn time it. Flit mentions he's going to exterminate the vegans, you take three shots. Nice. Yeah, I'd be brain and dead. By the end of the 22 <laughs> minutes, you'll you'll have died of liver poisoning. <laughs> much <laughs> so yeah my my thoughts on this echo uh, everyone else's and uh although her backstory was uh pretty well done nothing really comes of it yeah. so i give this episode three out of five girado spriggans yeah I'd, I'd have to agree i think three stars mainly mainly because of her, her backstory and the potential that she did uh have as a as a as a character for the long run it would give me allow me to give it uh three girado girado spriggans yeah, that probably I'd I'd agree. Like I said, the it was it was a cool backstory done, but in the end, it didn't mean anything. But that's the only thing that kind of saves it. So I I'd, I'd say three. I will I will say this. I love the scene where she's in the hallway and she's finding out that Gerard died. The way that's actually directed, I thought that was really well done. And then they come back to it later, you know, to 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 have uh, an actual dialogue said about him dying. But just 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 the her her reaction to it, I thought was really well captured. Yeah. All right, moving on, we go to the concluding episode of this Moon Arc, episode 43, Splendid Triple Gundam, which, uh, <laughs> that's such a super robot title. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> because this is, guys, this is the first time all three Gundams are, are fighting together. Yeah. Isn't that amazing, guys? Aren't you excited? Yeah, Keo, all Keo three, the- all three generations come together to fight the common enemy. <laughs> yeah, Keo and the Gundam Trio. <laughs> it's, it's about time. So, well, two, uh, two X rounders and a D grade. <laughs> we uh, we pick up where the last episode left off with Chirado uh, Spriggan having weird X rounder reactions, and um, she goes. Um, Full crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. full uh, special person crazy, as, Super- as happens in Gundam. Supernova. <laughs> and uh, her X-Rounder powers overload. She goes psychopathic and uh, makes everyone have a headache and steals all of their uh, funnels and crap. Mm. Except Kyo. Or uh, except Asamu. Because everybody else is like, oh, my head. And Asamu's like, well, what's going oh, on? What's going on? <laughs> oh yeah! Awesome, awesome, it's awesome. It's good to be degrade on this, on yeah. this, on this. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's sitting there saying, "Thank God I'm not an X rounder." Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. So she she steals everyone's funnels and bits and starts attacking them with their own weapons, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, Asamu, the space pirate, though he's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on with all this this crazy nonsense. And uh, Kyo's still like. Oh, 
Oh, Miss Spriggan, she must have had a reason to defect from the Federation. Oh, let's talk to her. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Flit just wants to take care of stuff because this this shit's just taking too long. And yeah, he's like, he's so, like, he's like, this is the fourth episode of this moon arc. <laughs> he uh, he wants to wrap this arc up quickly by having the plasma diver missile fired uh, at the moon base, which would also kill the uh, Federation troops that are down there fighting. So uh, Algreus decides to wait thirty minutes and. Um, Sarek, who's down on the surface, is joined by the uh, the Mako team. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> nameless armored personnel character, not at all the Mako from Mass Effect. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. And, and he uh, sort of solid snakes his way into the base, which you have to wonder why they didn't do that early on. You know, having the Diva fire its cannon to uh, open a path for everyone to get in, mm-hmm. instead of three episodes of just randomly shooting at stuff. So Sarek manages to get into um, the base and convince the Vagan commander, very oddly enough, to surrender on the condition that the soldiers get to escape while the officers are made captives. Yeah. And at the same time, Giannato Spriggan just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And she nearly kills Keo, but thankfully... Grandpa Flit in the uh, upgraded Age 1 Granza saves the day by, by putting down this mad dog. Hell yes. <laughs> Why did you and kill her? As she could have uh, flipped her. <laughs> as, could have put her witness protection. Sorry, Chris. Shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to narrate here, bastard. As the vegans are escaping, Weasel Simmons, he pops a couple of vegans to escape because we find out that uh, everything was a lie. He was the one who uh, ordered the cover-up about the real Gerard's death because he wanted to manipulate Reyna and um, offer her being an X-Rounder as a present to the vegans when he defects. Wow. Did he go to the Easel Can't School of Deception? <laughs> well, unfortunately, it doesn't work out so well for him because in actually the best moment of the episode, uh, yeah. Ram just smashes his little uh, skate pod. Yeah. I thought the guy was unkillable. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, in the end, the, the Vegans ran away and uh, Sarek saved the day and uh, Keo understanded himself into nothing. <laughs> and Gerardo Spriggan was uh, destroyed. Space, space dust. Space dust. Ooh, man. So, Neil, your comments on Splendid Triple Gundam. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I about had as much excitement going on as uh, Chris's narration of this. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I agree. If they, I don't know why they didn't fire the Divas cannon earlier. Would have, saved, would have saved a lot of, but I guess the writers, they didn't have enough uh, ideas to write after that because they were like, oh man, that means we'd have three more episodes of stuff that we'd have to write. So why don't we just take one episode's worth of material and stretch it out over four episodes? But um, yeah, it was good to see that Flit actually put the mad dog down. Uh, that, that was good. And um, yeah, this is, this is one of those episodes that uh, Keo's uh, understanding crap really started irritating the shit out of me um it was just getting to a point where i'm like wait a second how many people have to die and you know how why why are you 
why are you spouting all spouting all this stuff? But yet, you know, you're you're allowing other people to do the things that you're against of, and it's okay for them. But yet, you know, your your grandpa and everybody else, it's just they don't need to do this. But and I do agree. Why didn't they sneak into the base before? Uh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was that damn easy. Why didn't you just do it in the first place? But hey, whatever. And. Yeah, like you said, the only thing that really saves it at, is at the end that that Weasel Simmons gets what uh, he deserves, and it's the last um, it's the last cool moment of Fram's uh, existence. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, she, she managed to take uh, a break for five seconds of Zihato Simmons. Zihard Ziardo fangirl to like, oh okay, cool, oh good. He didn't because he, you kind of they were kind of making it look like you thought this guy was going to escape. And it's like, ah, oh, it's cool that the weasel got it. And then, yeah, she got him. Moment of cool. And then back to next next episode. Yarda Sama. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It, 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 this was a bad episode. <laughs> okay, soul bro. Uh, easily, uh, you guys definitely went over the best parts of the episode when, um, <laughs> when, when Abbas broke into, uh, the 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 moon base in order to to finally uh get control of it and uh manipulate the uh the vegan soldiers inside and of course when uh when the old scumbag simmons got his uh just desserts easily the best parts other than that this episode annoyed the crap out of me i don't know why oh. uh since 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 spriggan she was easily the the monster of the week why she couldn't have died last week <laughs> and they could have just got on with um uh more the the the, the takeover of the moon base um, then to just keep it dragging out until this episode, because uh, at that point, her story was already done. She just, you know, went nuts and, you know, she had to be taken out and Flit did his job. Someone had to. So um, props to him. Sure in hell wasn't going to be Keo. No, no, not not at all. And um, damn, I, as much as I enjoyed his character in the beginning of the series, man, he continues to lose stock with every episode. And uh, this episode is no different. <laughs> man, this is great <laughs> hatred from Soul Bro. Man, I'm the just general saying. is proud. No, oh, no, no, man, let, don't, don't, let don't, it don't, no. <laughs> you can continue on, Soul Bro. Uh, no, it's it's so it's just sad. it's okay. It's okay. Embrace the hate. It, it just it, it hurts me to to see him, you know, just fall so short of his of of what he could do, uh, and and just have some sense. I mean, there's you only, naivete only goes so far. And um, as much as I, I thought tell, he was tell really Tell that being, to the people at Sunrise who, who write this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was a whole different group of writers. That, well, I don't, actually, I don't know the specifics yeah, of the but writers. But, it, um, it, it is level five people, but this kind of stuff has been showing up before. Uh, yeah. I, I will refer to um, our very long discussion about episode four of Unicorn, which is cut from the same cloth as this yeah. nonsense. You're right, and you're right. I don't want to reiterate that argument, so just go back and look at that. But yeah, that same situation where Banaja was just freaking weak and could not bring himself to kill this mad dog that was just murdering civilians left and right in front of him uh, is the exact same thing with Keel. Like, how many more people have to die? How many more people have to get killed by this mad dog before he realizes that she is just beyond saving and has to be put down? Yeah. But I, I, he is yeah. so weak-willed. He is so weak-willed. And basically cowardly because he hides behind this oh i don't want to fight the vegans are suffering when she's not even vegan you know he hides behind his cowardice so much that he can't even make the tough decision that's what war is war is full of tough decisions of things that you have to do perfect example mm-hmm. um i've been going through uh, enterprise on netflix okay uh, so bro did you watch enterprise i only watched uh, the first season 
Okay. In the third season, uh, there's this year-long arc where they're uh, trying to find these uh, aliens called the Zindi who yeah. carry out an attack on Earth that killed 7 million people. Ooh, yeah, Jesus. I remember that. I, I saw up to that. I yeah, that so uh, the ship gets severely damaged during a Zindi attack. I'm talking worse than Voyager Year of Hell levels. Wow. Yeah. So the weapon that's going to destroy Earth, because that's their goal, to build this weapon to destroy Earth, is already done, and it's going to be used pretty soon. But the ship is crippled, and they have no warp drive. So they find this ship, and uh, they ask for a warp coil, but the captain says no, because then we'd only have impulse. Yeah. So Archer, filled with a massive amount of guilt and apprehension, makes the tough decision that he has to. He attacks this ship of innocent people, uh, damages their ship and steals their warp coil because he needs to have warp power to stop Zindi and save Earth. That's yeah. the kind of hard decisions that this useless wimp is incapable of making. Damn. You, you know, the, the, and it's interesting because I don't understand this thing of we need to save an enemy pilot who chose to go in to this weapon of mass destruction who's now blatantly killing people and, and is on a side that's doing this but yet we feel more sympathy towards their thing even though we especially in uh Benazers and um uh you know uh, Keo's case that we don't really know these people from anything and yet we're, we're more empathetic about their struggles than seeing these poor civilians and stuff getting murdered for no reason other than just being in the wrong place at the wrong time i don't not understand just, that way of thinking and not just that but adding to that um what is the point of saving enemy pilots when enemy pilots don't make policy? Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> They're not the ones who give orders and can do anything to stop the fighting. They're, they don't have that power. They're just even, you know, quote unquote, ace pilots like Fram. Mm -hmm. They're just cogs in the machine. Yeah. Very, very low on that machine. He's so just what is the purpose of saving them? Keo yeah. is just leaving them a story, <laughs> leaving them with a story of how I survived the Gundam. <laughs> like, hey, did you hear that there's this idiot kid in a Gundam who's, like, chopping up uh, our suits and leaving the heads intact so that our people can get out? What a freaking idiot. Let's get yeah. him next time. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, that's, I don't that's, know. That's the, that's the talk that I imagine happens at the uh, Vegan Space Cooler on, yeah. on Ramis nice. or on the battleship. <laughs> you might be right about that. <laughs> Because they certainly are not showing that same consideration. They, they're they're no. not really thanking him for the fact that uh, he spared their people. They're still determined to kill him no matter what. So yeah. what what has he gained? What what has been accomplished? Yeah, because you definitely see as they go through the action sequences when it goes to like nameless uh, Vagan and, and nameless uh, Federation uh, mobile suits out there fighting. We're seeing that they got no they got no qualms about shooting each other in the cockpit and destroying each other. And, um, yeah, it's just, I don't get it, man. I, I really don't get, understand this, this. Let's this. try not to think about this too much. Let's move on yeah. from yeah. Spriggan. So, Neo, what's your, what's your rating? Two. I, I gotta, I gotta side with that. I gotta give it, uh, two, two, yeah, um, two, um, X rounder mobile suit uh, explosions out of five. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to say, uh, two, two turds out of <laughs> two space, went, space turds. You went right for the. <laughs> He went right for the throat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bad episode. Woo. I uh, I give this uh, two two and a half uh, solid snakes straight down the middle. Nice. I'm sure it'll be eclipsed though. 
Oh, you know it. And so, it's badness. Next up to bad is episode 44, Diverging Paths. Oh, snap. So uh, we, we get a little visit with Easel Kant, who, um, you know, is now sick because he has uh, space aids. Mm-hmm. And he just he tells his milfy wife that he's going to entrust everything to the heart. <laughs> so on the moon base, the Federation is now taking over. And um, there's a confrontation between the three generations because uh, Flit uh, gets a call from Al Grace that the uh, captured soldiers are going to be sent to Earth for interrogation. And Flit's just like, the hell, they're vegans. Just execute them. Christ. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Which I, I, I laugh at just because it's just the most casual mention of execution I've ever seen in anything. Just, just execute them. Whatever. He spent 20 years doing that, though. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, August is like, oh, we we can't do that. He's like, fine, whatever, do what you want, I don't care. <laughs> and uh, Asamu asks him, like, why is he so hung up on killing the Vegans? And uh, Keo steps in and says, oh, the Vegans, we should That's at least what it sounded like, because his voice is also <laughs> so annoying. And Flit uh, says that, you know, He's doing this for all people that he couldn't protect because the Vegans took everything from him. And mm-hmm. Keo's like, oh, but I'm I'm whatever you say, I'm not going to change my beliefs. And you're no savior. Blah, 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 blah. I'm young. <laughs> so then uh, Zehart has a little meeting with Ezelkant, who shows him a, a space PowerPoint. Oh, yes. And reveals the true plan. And uh, Zahart, finally, finally, yeah. after all this time, this is the true plan. <laughs> this is the, the the true true plan, as Keo heard, like the third version of it. The true true plan, and Zerhart rightfully says, um, "Hey, are you just manipulating me? What the hell is this crap?" Yeah. But then uh, <laughs> Easelkant shows him some fancy space fireworks and uses uh, cough up blood disease. Nice. To instantly convince Zerhart to become a mass murderer and sacrifice both uh, Earthers and Vegans to create this uh, perfect freaking world of Eden. The brother, the brother changes over quicker than Uncle Ben's takes to cook in your microwave. That was that quick. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't deny the power of mystery cough of blood disease. No doubt, man. That's Damn. always the game changer. And, and don't underestimate space PowerPoints. Yeah, that too. Just and they, put on, they put on a good light show. Yes. <laughs> So uh, now that Zehart is uh, the, the master of the plan, which, of course, he's not revealing to anyone because if he did, they would kill him. Oh, yes. Uh, he gets the hand-me-down of the Gundam Legolas. Mm-hmm. And he asks uh, his lackey, Leo, hey, what's up with that XDB thing that was mentioned so many episodes ago and we totally forgot about? And Lael says, uh, oh, uh, there's some asteroid that was nearby. And people said they saw some big-ass mobile suit, but it's probably nothing. <laughs> And, oh, by the way, we just happen to be next to that asteroid field. Well, let's go check it out. <laughs> so Zehart decides to uh, kill two birds with one stone and uh, test out the Legolas mm-hmm. and also investigate this asteroid field where he immediately comes under attack from Sid, which is uh, the unmanned automated defense unit of the ExaDB that was previously seen in the side story manga Memories of Sid. Oh, no. <laughs> Something we haven't yet to read. <laughs> Never will. <laughs> oh, supplemental material. So, uh, Sobro, what uh, did you think about uh, this episode? Uh, I guess I, I, I enjoyed this more than the last one uh, easily. Um, 
Flip being back in the saddle, that was good to see. He had that he had that old glint in his eye, the glint of racism. <laughs> um, I, I, to, to see all their st- the, the the points that they that they um the how the three leads um what points they take was in- interesting to see how uh Keo of course is the Hoper and the Dreamer. Uh, Flit is that old uh Fl- Flit has become sp- uh, Space Clint Eastwood, and then you got uh Awesome between them, who's kind of the balance between them both. Awesome, which knows. he's he's an idiot because he mentions that uh, he decided to attack both Federation and Vagan to stop them from you know, fighting and, and having total open war, which, uh, how yeah. would that work out for you, buddy, given that Not, the vegans invaded Earth and started slaughtering civilians and they took over the moon and they took over, like, half of Earth? Yeah, yeah good yeah. job there. Helps Mr. no Super, one. Mr. Super Pirato. Yeah, hel- helps no one. I mean, I don't know how you could think he could take that responsibility upon himself and just him and the space pirates, but, uh, you know, that 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 that, that premise was going to fall f- fall flat real quick. Uh, Stop I, I, it. So, bro, you're uh, making sense. It's making my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I still like I awesome. I still like awesome as a character. Um, he's probably my favorite of the three, to be honest. Um, just because of the fact that uh, you know, he, really? he, he, you don't he, like Grandpa Cranky? I love Grandpa I, Cranky. I, I do like Space Clint. He's he's, he's the, he's the only him. guy. He's the only one of these three uh-huh. that had any uh, had any adversity go on in his life. <laughs> that, that that that's the thing that just uh, I, I wanted to throw something at my computer when. Uh, <laughs> Freaking Keo is like going this crap about, oh, what did the vegans ever do to you? I'm sitting there going, oh, geez, here we go. Um, <laughs> wow, they only killed his mom and dad. They mm-hmm. killed Bruiser. They killed uh, Urine. They killed all his other little friends. That I mean, one gangster guy. The one gangster him. guy. Mm-hmm. Grodek, Wolf. Grodek, Wolf. And, and, and once again, isn't this the one? Is this the episode where he looks out in the space and it's a little... It, reflection of the himself. reflection of yeah. himself as yeah. a little kid. As yep. soon as I saw that, I'm like, "You poor little kid." I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, the, the, his his ungrateful ass grandson is sitting there judging him, and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe he's a little extreme. He is a little extreme, saying you got to exterminate all the vegans. But let's be honest, you can kind of, you have to, to an extent, understand his hatred towards him because he lost everything. I mean, yeah. in a way. Because of all that, he is the way that he is because of what the vagans did to him. Because of the yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, it's awful. I'm more sympathetic towards uh, Flit than any other character in the yeah, show because we know be. we know where he's been and we know what motivates him and we know that and ninety percent of his actions are justified. <laughs> we we know they are. Maybe ninety five percent because of the fact that the the the, the vagans aren't going to stop coming. They believe in this doctrine so hardcore. Flit knows this. And it's it's just it, I I love his character for it because he's the he's the hard hard nosed realist. I do think that Keo does have value as as a, a, a bit of his conscience because at the end of the day the vegans are human and they are being misled by 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 yeah. But what leader. what does them being human matter when yeah, they're when, dedicated when it, to killing as many Earthers yeah. as they can and Easel can't although they don't know it wants to sacrifice most of humanity to create his uh self-chosen ideal race and and uh, also too you have to look yeah. at it also there's been what 75 years of war and they haven't gotten it hasn't gotten any better for them when when do when do we start having cracks in the belief of people saying you know what uh maybe we need to get rid of Easel can't this isn't working the way it should be or you know instead of always attacking them and using all our resources to attack why don't we sit down and uh, um, you know have diplomatic negotiations with the uh, with uh, uh, with the Federation? And that's well, the thing that's so funny is because mm-hmm. stupid ass 
uh, Keo keeps seeing, sitting there saying, oh, we need to talk and have an understanding. Well, the Vegans never, for 75 years, they, the only understanding they had was um, mobile suit, uh, laser weapon into uh, unsuspecting civilians and Federation pilots and stuff. So it, it's got, it goes both ways there. Yeah, I mean to bring it to reality for a moment. I, I hate to do that, but uh, during World War II, we didn't we didn't wipe out the axes for the actions that they took. Uh, you know, granted there's civilians everywhere, and I, I well, you could argue that we wiped out uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki because we, we did. <laughs> those those two cities were wiped out, and and that yeah, and we and we wiped out we wiped out other cities conventionally too. So. Yeah, Berlin got hammered too. So. Well, not just Berlin, most Dresden. most of Germany. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. German Germany was was left uh, was left to torn asunder, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's that's what war is, man. Um, the the, the the populace always takes a toll, and when you take the side that you take, man, you got to live with those consequences. And man, uh, it, it, like I said, I wouldn't want to be in Flip's shoes, but Flip was quite comfortable in those shoes once you know, with with all the motivations behind him. So I cannot fault him for that. Um, and and I, I'm less on Keo's side in this show than I, I am. I just, I just hate the fact that Keo is like respect my opinion, but I won't respect yours. Yeah. I mean that 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 was the thing that he was an ungrateful little bastard. When it's like, oh, you should, you know, I'm right, but I'm not going to sit here and at least sit back and say, gosh, what if my dad died, and what if yeah. my, you know, what if my mom was dead, and all my friends and stuff like that. No, you're just still bad. You're still bad, Grandpa Flit. It's like f. It's like f you, little kid. This is some great hypocrisy because yeah. you know he 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 feels that he understands the vagans so well from hanging out with a sickly girl and her brother for a few days. Yeah. Yet he can't understand the pain of his own grandfather, who's been in his life since he was a baby, and probably been telling him stories about the um, you know, yeah. the the the, the, well, the, the decades past. And he I'm says. He he insists, no matter what you say, I won't change my ideas. Yet Keo wants. Him other to people this. to change their ideas and believe what he thinks, which is just grade A level hypocrisy. And, um, you know, I would like to see his attitude. I would like to see um, what would happen if Romari was trapped under burning rubble and got killed in front of his eyes. I'd like Ooh. to see how he'd react if uh, Ro- if uh, Wendy got vaporized in front of him. I'd like to see uh, how he would feel if his, his aunt got uh, stabbed by a freaking vegan and just bled out in an alley and died. I like to see how he would feel after all of these things and then see if he still has the balls to judge Flit for, for what he believes. Yeah. And, and, and then the, the, other, the other thing that gets me about this is up until this war started, it seems that him and Flit had a very good relationship. So yeah. you're telling me this whole good relationship that you had goes out the door because you spent a few days with Sick Girl. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Pretty much. It's, it's so fucking stupid yeah. it's that checklist man they had to introduce these character types this is, this is the checklist yeah. of how many stupid <laughs> plot points can we try to wrap up like let's yeah. throw in exodb randomly let's mm. have Zehart become a complete moron let's have keo be even more of a moron so <laughs> i think we've said what there is to say for this episode so yeah. uh how many um space powerpoints out of five do you give this <laughs> i'd give it three space powerpoints and uh also three uh Zahart becoming uh Ezelkant juniors <laughs> All right, Neo. I give this uh, two. Uh, who cares about Exodibs? Um, out of five, this is bad. Bad episode. Yes. Uh, for having the o- the only spotlight in this episode was just that one moment where you see Flit's reflection of his younger self in the window, yeah. which just kind of shows 
like, man, this this poor kid, so so hopeful for the future until life shitted on him and yeah. made him the bitter old man he is. So for that one moment, that kind of saves this episode a bit, and I give it two and a half out of five SIDS. Ooh, it saved it saved it for me. That that was a full point in my corner. So that that tells you what I thought of this episode. Piece of shit. Oh damn. <laughs> Sorry. I- I, Tell us I how still, you really feel. I still have. I'm still. I'm still having more of uh, the the hate flow for me after hate cast and. <laughs> I, I can. I can tell. Ooh. I, I can tell. So, next we have our last episode for this segment, which is episode 45, Sid the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Zehart and the Legolas fighting against Sid, and. The uh, Federation fleet picks up the signal of some weird activity going on, and uh, Captain Anus wants to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Flit's like, "Yeah, whatever. Uh, we gotta go. We gotta go take down uh, La Gramis since I'm in charge now." Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no and, probes, and- Captain Anim- Anus. <laughs> no probes. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Anus. So. At the same time, uh, Asamu picks up the signal and he decides to investigate. So you've got uh, Zehart trying to fight Sid, but Sid has uh, cloaking abilities and just moves around really fast and disappears and reappears. So he's basically not accomplishing anything. And then <laughs> Asamu shows up and uh, we get a little flashback of uh, earlier on when he was in the Age 2 Wolf Senpai version. Yes. Mm-hmm. And got his ass utterly kicked in two seconds by Ooh, Sid. Damn. Yeah. And then got picked up by uh, Basidian. So that's a little tiny bit of his backstory, which I imagine was explored in more detail in the manga. Yep. yep. So most of the rest of this episode is just Asamu and Zehart fighting against um, Sid. And uh, Zehart being useless can't do anything until Asamu gets the bright idea of using his hooks to attach to Sid before he cloaks so that Zehard can fire on the big giant thing that uh, is stuck at the end of the hooks. Mm-hmm. So they take down Sid, and then Asamu rushes into the asteroid that Sid was defending and finds the ExaDB. Nice. And uh, Zehart, he wants the ExaDB because he's gone even fuller retard and thinks that uh, <laughs> he's been chosen by God to carry out the will of Ezel Kant, and this is a trial that he's just surpassed, and he needs the ExaDB. Well, thankfully, the Baronoke fires its cannons and destroys the asteroid, and uh, Asamu and Zehart escape. But uh, they didn't quite finish the job because a little tiny part of Sid survived, as did a chunk of the ExaDB. Yep. So, uh, Solbro, your comments on episode 45. All I got to say is welcome to Mobile Suit Radiant Silver Gun. <laughs> this episode was like a shmup with no continues, man. <laughs> but no, I, I, I will give this episode a, a full point because of the choreography of the battles in this episode. I mean, it was mostly, yeah. you know, uh, it, was, it, it was a straightforward episode where, they, um, where both uh, Zahart and uh, Awesome were after the ExaDB with their own different purposes. And I could definitely respect uh, what they were in it for. Um, I, I love the fact that they had to team up again in order to uh, in order to to accomplish a goal. And um, Awesome really made the difference when he showed up and hooked his, uh, synced his hooks into Sid in order to reveal his position to Awesome. 
I'm sorry, to uh, to Hart, and just to see them tag, uh, team up one last time, or at least uh, one last time up until this point, was really neat to see. Um, I, 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 if I was, well, I won't rate it yet, but I, I really did enjoy this episode more than some of the previous ones we've talked about. Neil, you. <laughs> yes, you. Um, well, this was uh, I, I, all I thought of was this is uh, Gundam A's version of the deadliest catch with uh, uh, the the dark hound. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna go fishing for some uh, space robots and look. Hey, dummy, shoot the end of my thing. It's kind of like when they, what is it, that's that one show they show on TV where uh, the guys hook the gators and they shoot the gator in the face. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So I was kind of thinking of that. But, um, yeah, I, I would have to say, um, and they did it right on this one. There was a lot of fighting in here, uh, yep. a, lot, a lot of battle stuff. So I, I agree with Solbro. I mean, right there you get a full point. But, yet again, they fail because, you know, the Exodibs, all this talk of the Exodib. And then nothing really comes out of it. Um, we see that, you know, it was kind of cool to see the, 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 uh, how um, Asamu became Super Pirato. But then again, it still doesn't make any sense why he would never go back and see his wife and kid for all those years. But whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking rationally. You know, I mean, at least Harlock was able to go back and visit the people that were special to him. So, but whatever. But, um,. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, uh, really can't say much more than Solbro said. I mean, it was good choreograph choreography choreography. Oh, jeez, uh, uh, um, <laughs> really cool tongue tied there. <laughs> I need a drink of water. Sorry, my mouth is dry. But yeah, um, other than that, it was just and uh, you know, the little thing at the end. Oops, we didn't we didn't kill them all and. Uh, there's not a, uh, there's a little bit of Sid left and a little bit of XDB. Hmm. Wonder what this means. But, uh, <laughs> what back, to you. back to you, Chris. Well, I, uh, I can't add anything more than what you all have already said. So I will echo Neo's comments that there was some good fight choreography, but yeah. in the end it amounted to nothing since Sid and the XDB weren't completely destroyed. And we get just this one episode focus near the very end of the show when in the third generation arc they made such a big deal about it and made it seem like the chase for the XODB would be uh, the thrust of the rest of the series. Yep. And instead it just got completely sidelined by the visit to Second Moon and four episodes wasted on the lunar battle. So yeah, to have yeah. this just crammed in just really feels like last minute uh, let's get our, our – ducks in a row before the finale and just get things done quickly no matter how badly um paced and uh you know poorly handled it is so for the fighting i would give this uh three three legolases out of five <laughs> yeah i i'd probably i'd give it that and and it's funny too because you you, you think that you uh giardo Spriggan gets more screen time than exadb yeah that is kind of a sad revelation damn Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh. I mean, it's the truth. And, and like Chris said, they, they were talking about this thing. Oh, it comes up. We don't even really get to see that much of what it really looked like before it got blown up. Yeah. But it, it's just, um, yeah, so that... that, that that's our show, folks. Uh, we got um, we'll, we'll spend uh, multiple episodes on a useless character and that has nothing 
to the overall dimensions of the story, but yet this, the the big database that has all the weapons from the uh, horrible world wars that happened a uh, hundred years ago, we'll just give it uh, an episode and never really show you anything. So there you go. You know, I, I figured they would uh, use the ExaDB. You know, some, once I would have gotten it and used it to accelerate the uh, the, the 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 war in some way, shape, or form. And it would you'd play think because the they make you they make yeah. you uh, they lead you to believe, but uh, no, you'd be wrong because that would make sense. That would yeah, because I mean, they they like ripping off other things from other Gundam shows. I was expecting maybe uh, an, an episode of what maybe ripping off uh, the dark history from Turn A. And it's like, oh, wow, we could actually see what was, what were all these super weapons and how bad this, this whole thing for the, you know, that needed this silver chalice uh, treaty and everything. But, nah, that's okay. We, we got some dumb bitch who lost her uh, test pilot friend. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all. All, all right. Well, all I've, I've had my fill of, of this topic well, for now. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even give my rating yet. Um, I, oh. I've, I've got to, I just have to extend the question of that uh, Lieutenant Gordon, uh, Lieutenant Gordon asked at the end of Batman Begins, what about Escalation? I was waiting for this whole show with the XDB and we didn't get it. But as for my rating, um, I would definitely give it a 3.5 Ikarugas. A 3.5 Ikarugas out of 5. That's uh, that's pretty high. Yeah, that's way high. Yeah, I, I, I guess I enjoyed the, the fights in this uh, just you, you, a little bit more. You, you like beam spam and, and I your do. lasers? I do. I'm a treasure nut. <laughs> I guess that explains it then. So There you go. We're take a quick break, and unfortunately, we'll be back in the next segment to talk more about Gundam Age. So you're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Thank you. Thank you. Gun damn it, Jim. What the hell's the matter with you? Other people have birthdays. Why are we treating yours like a funeral? Bones, I don't want to be lectured. Greetings. I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember... There is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast.
Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who would be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, was, I was shooting. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But gun damn! Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. So now it's time for the second part of our one-two punch, rounding out Gundam Age. We are going to discuss episodes 46 through 49. And then after that, we're going to give our final impressions on the series as a whole. So the final battle is starting now with episode 46, Space Fortress La Gramis. And it's your typical Gundam final battle thing. You got the Federation fleet is attacking uh, Lagramis, which, of course, uh, has a uh, funky space cannon that uh, causes problems. So just to get through things quickly, uh, lots of grunts exploding on both sides and uh, battles going at a pretty normal pace. But um, the uh, Clanchy pilot, Derek, notices that something's weird going on with this one ship and... Uh, reports this back and Flit realizes that uh, they're fighting decoys mm-hmm. and uh, lo and behold they are because um, La Gramis fires the Digma Zenon cannon and uh, they kill Derek and blow up a bunch of their own uh, presumably empty ships and take out a lot of Federation soldiers a, a, a shit ton <laughs> yes a shit ton and but we need to understand them. Yes, we do need to understand, even though they just wiped out a bunch of our people with a sneak attack like this. Yeah. Now, now's the time for conversation. <laughs> the the Digimon cannon. <laughs> so uh, you you got uh, your your mooks out there fighting. Fram, of course, and her on Farcia. Uh, Lael, he got the Gararga as a hand me down. Now that. Zahart has the Legolas, and uh, the big old battle out there, and Keo is, you know, trying his nonsense again with Fram. He's fighting her and Zahart, and suddenly all three of them come under attack from some uh, Vagan forces. Yep. And uh, they wonder, oh, is it a misfire? No, it's not a misfire. Zanald, who has been who the hell knows where for the last few episodes, mm-hmm. suddenly uh, finally plays his card and uh, checks off that mark as a traitor villain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, makes his move while at the same time uh, Godom, the last of the uh, the Phantom 3, launches in a, uh, a space lemon to get his revenge on Keo. And we see Dean deploy in battle in the Jillsbane, which is just sort of an MP version of the Zedra. So... Gentlemen, um, Solbro, your impressions on this first part of the final battle of age? Well, it, it does set things up 
pretty decently uh, for the for the final stage of everything going on. Um, they explain the uh, the FX burst mode, and you can see Kyo's hesitant to use it. Of course, uh, you know they have the have the uh, the the ultimate weapon finally bestowed upon his uh, on upon his Gundam, and uh, him wanting to refuse to use it is is just. It is is bad. Um, that, that, that's something new. Yeah. Usually they can't wait to they can't wait to use it. They can't wait to spam that shit. And this guy is the first to say, you know what? Uh, no, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. So, and you- yet the drama of that is completely spoiled by the fact that the next episode preview, the first thing you see is him using it. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a little bit of shades of farewell, Big Brother, in this episode. You can almost taste Claudia's pineapple salad when uh. <laughs> Oh, there's definitely a scent of pineapple Ooh. in the air. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No, you can smell it cooking. Uh, and when uh, when Abed starts talking to Natora uh, in the hallway when he gives her another pep talk, and then later on when he talks to uh, Keo about making the right decision to start killing uh, the enemy on the battlefield, of course, you know, the, it goes in one ear and out the other for Keo. So there you go with that. Um, uh, Zahar, of course, addresses the, the troops and the masses in this episode like he's uh, Ezokan Jr., as I, as I mentioned previously. Uh, and uh, it was it was neat to see him do that, but you know he's just as everything else he does is is kind of half-assed. <laughs> uh, I love the scene with the great decoy when uh when when the Vegan are about to fire the Digimon cannon, <laughs> and uh and and Derek finds out that it's uh it, the ships are decoys, and then uh, uh then commences to get wiped out of existence along with many many other soldiers well that that, that was a that's another check mark for begin to destroy uh secondary pilots yep in final battle <laughs> the gloves are off apparently <laughs> he, he's the first of it Derek. <laughs> finally we get to see uh dean and the, the desert dude come back and uh it, it, I, I can't believe they finally brought a ball into the series holy shit <laughs> yeah but it's this it's not even a ball. Up. It's 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 a space lemon with arms and yeah. a, and a Zaku commander fin. It looks pretty bad, and, and I can't I can't I can't I can't disagree with that. But um, I, I guess that was the final suit they had to, the final suit type they had to play. It's kind of like a cross a bad cross between a ball and a mobile armor. Um, mm-hmm. and and half is uh half as usable as both of those. But uh, at least it had a, it's it's, it's kind of like the Zaccarello a little bit. Just yeah, like, like a, why would you do this? Like a cheapy version of it. <laughs> Why, why, why? Who was drunk and allowed this to be funded and designed? I mean, <laughs> I, finally, uh, Zanald's kung fu treachery, man. It finally came to fruition. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> who couldn't see that coming from a mile away? Who couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> that dude's that dude continues to douche. And, and, and you just you just kind of love how he's like, yeah, you know, uh, it's the battle and stuff. Uh, hey, <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't know that uh, Zanald came from the New Jersey park. So. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, this final battle might have been a little bit better if they were all from New Jersey. Yeah, you know, uh, it was just kind of, uh, you need to get out of the I'm way. I'm in the uh, waste uh, disposal business. I got to dispose of you earthers. <laughs> you need to get out of the way, Z-Hard. Uh, you know... Sometimes when we get a fire and it just it just goes, you know. Zanald, voiced by James Gandolfini. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Over, overall, I, I'd say it's 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 a it's a good episode. It sets things up, and um, that's pretty much its purpose. So um, I, that's my take. All right, Neil. Um, not too much more. I think on uh, what 
saves it's the action. You know, there, there is some pretty good action here. Um, you know, it is the old, a lot of it is stuff that you can see a mile away. Like, Oh, Derek is like, Oh, why aren't these things working this? Why aren't they reacting the way you would think they would react? Oh, that's why. And, and things like that. And of course, you know, we, we get the shocker that, Oh, Dean is launching. Oh, so we know something's, we know that in this huge battle, battle arena that somehow him and, uh, Keo are going to meet face to face. Well, don't get ahead of yourself here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait a second. I didn't mean to check it off so soon. So, <laughs> so I would but, say it's uh, a decent episode. It, it yeah. does set up the final battle. All right. There is some good action. Uh, Derek, I didn't really feel much for his death because he was never really like a character. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I can barely recall him having even a single scene outside of the context of, of a battle. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's just a grunt who got sacrificed to the fire. What really irks me in this episode is Keo's nonsense about mm. the FX burst mode. And when Sarek was talking to him and saying, hey, you got to stop this nonsense because your, your job is to protect yourself and your allies, not the enemy. You got to stop with the stupidity. And Keo just has a lousy attitude the whole time and practically just completely ignores every single word that he says. And then when he's getting overwhelmed by both Fram and Zehart... Uh, what bits comments like, hey, why don't you use the birth mode? Come on. <laughs> Do you want to die? Even what are you going to accomplish if you're dead? Even whoop it, man. Even even him. Even whoop it's like, come on. Don't be <laughs> don't go full retard. Don't be an I, idiot. A, a guy that we haven't seen in forever. And like, and, and we remember his stupidity. He's like, wait a second. You got to use this to get out of the situation. Yeah. Oh. And Keo's like, no, I'm not going to use it. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. well, all right, you miserable little idiot. Die then. Please do. Oh, I was so <laughs> hoping he'd die, but I knew it wasn't going to happen. But it's just in my back of my mind. I was like, please die. Please die. Damn it. <laughs> that would have been something that would have made this episode five stars. Yeah. <laughs> no, six stars. <laughs> 11, 11 out of five. Yeah. <laughs> I would have given this episode 11 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> quickly, if that would have happened, and then and then Chris would have quickly had this go on, be, be one of the highest rated uh, Gundam shows ever just because of that. The one, that one act. <laughs> <laughs> this eclipses everything. <laughs> Zeta, <laughs> turn A. Everything. God's here. <laughs> oh, but no. So, uh... Ratings, gentlemen, uh, Solbro. I would definitely give this episode uh, 3.5, be your own kind of captains out of five. <laughs> I'd have to give this uh, three turnips out of five. There you go. <laughs> Old mobile turnips. I gave this one uh, three and a half out of five traitor villains. Nice. Yeah. Which brings us to episode 47 oh. and... That is Blue Planet Falling Lives. <laughs> so the uh, the Space Lemon mows through a bunch of uh, grunts and attacks Keo, but uh, Sarek's all like, hey, Keo, I got this. Go, go, go help out the D.Va. So um, Sarek uses uh, his skills as the Holmes of the Battlefield to, to Holmes his way to victory yep. using uh, observation and experience and tactics to win. Oh, jeez. But unfortunately, things don't work out well for him because uh, he's right there and gets caught up in the explosion. 
And for the first time ever in Gundam, you know, being at point blank range in an explosion is a bad thing because uh, it tosses him up against a Vagan battleship, which causes his clanch to snap in half. And then mm-hmm. the torso gets caught in like a freaking uh, intake port. And uh, that port is right in the line of where the diva is going to fire its uh, photon blaster so they can punch through to Lagramis. So Flit wants to send someone to rescue him, but unfortunately there's nobody there. And Sarah can't get out because the cockpit is stuck. He's just been uh, final destinationed into a death that he can't escape from. (laughs) Oh, no. And uh, he... uh, he asks uh, Natora to uh, fire because it's important that they win and save the Earth. So Fire, fire away, Captain Anus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in a moment where that you were hoping would come, finally does come, she thinks about it for a second, and uh, in a very captain moment, she, uh, she thanks him for everything and then gives the order to fire. Mm-hmm. She effectively leveled up at that point. <laughs> she did. She she leveled up, and uh, this being a level five inspired anime, she uh, she reached a new job class. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, there's other people dying, and um, Keo gets uh, attacked out of nowhere by Dean, and they realize they're fighting each other. And Keo's like, "Oh, let's understand each other." Oh. And he basically beats up Dean. And Dean's like, oh, my friend. Oh, why don't you visit Lou's grave on Earth where it's somewhere peaceful and nice. And oh, Keo. Oh, Dean. And then out of nowhere, Dean gets blasted from behind by Sinald, who's like, oh, that, that's some useless mobile suit that's they can't move. So I can't fight. So I put the pie out of his misery and got him out of the way. Mm-hmm. So at this moment... Keo just goes into full rage mode. And even though he said so moralistically that he would never use the burst mode, that he would not use it, mm-hmm. he turns it on and he goes into uh, Lasner VMAX mode and, <laughs> and attacks an alt. So in a scene very reminiscent of Urin's death, Keo vows that he won't forgive Zanald and totally rapes the hideous Zamdrag. And slices it up, but unfortunately, um, he stops at the very last second when he's about to kill Zanald, and Zanald ejects the head and flies away. Does it pulls the eyes on? <laughs> Which, yeah, it's like, why, why would you let this guy live? Yeah, I don't understand it, and yeah, especially, especially this is the brother of Space Aid's girl. I mean, this is this is the girl, the girl that changed your life. You just saw her brother get killed. But I, I don't know. Everybody deserved to die. It was this guy. But not, yeah. only, not only because he killed Dean, but he also was the guy who got captured him in the, to begin with. This is the guy who was responsible for bringing him to uh, Vagan. And, 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 and yeah, so he, des- he deserved that death because it's like, crap, he needed to, he needed to die because if he didn't bring him to Ezel camp, we, we wouldn't have to worry about all this nonsense that we were watching. So, so basically, it's, it's Zanald's fault that the story went to shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty meta. <laughs> so deep. I'm just, going by the, I'm just going by the facts laid out in front of us. So, Neo, your thoughts on uh, this episode? 
a lot happened, but in the end, uh, just was really kind of dumb. And and I, for as cool of a character as Sarek was, and as great of his fight against the space turnip, you know, the just the patheticness of this poor guy. Um, his suit gets damaged. He hits into the side of a battleship. And this poor bastard has to sit in an intake and get killed the way he does. I'm like, wow, you know, couldn't we give him a little bit more heroic death than what we gave him? Yeah, it was it was it's a it's it's a great point because it shows Captain Anus has to, uh, you know, make make a hard decision and, and, and does something, especially um, because it's dealing with the life of somebody she cares for. But really, this guy, what a bad way to put this guy out, man. I, I, I just sat there and I'm like, OK, I knew, you know, you, you know, these guys have got death on him you know some you know the senpai character we smelled the pineapple salad <laughs> steak was we smelt that we smelt the steak burning on the on the grill and everything like that but my god i mean just give the guy a little bit more respect like i said especially after the fact that he had that you know the the great like it's it's the skills of the pilot and it's the experience that you know you can take out a space turn up that sucked yeah this whole thing with dean uh but you knew that was coming, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that Keo is, you know, shows up his hypocrisy even more. It's like I was a hypocrite before, but I'm going to just up the ante of my hypocrisy even more. I'm <laughs> never going to use FX burst. Oh, but you know, Dean gets killed. Oh, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to allow the guy that uh, you know killed him to live and stuff like this, who we know wants to just go back and once he gets a new suit, he's going to go off and kill more people. So hey, there you go. Um, but, um, it, it was cool too, to see, uh, at least Flit gave, a uh, old, uh, Eric, you know, the, the good old honor there at the end with, uh, with the old, uh, you know, the, the, the salute, the, the Flit salute. So, oh, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, just kind of a standard episode, standard final episode of folks getting killed and stuff like that. Soul bro? Yeah, it was a it was a tough one to watch. Um, mainly because the death of uh, Sarek. Man. More ways than one. <laughs> man, more ways than one. But yeah, Sarek going out the way he did. You know, it's definitely as you mentioned, Final Destination esque. Uh, you know, just just getting blown back by that explosion, then the suit splitting in half, and then him getting wedged inside that ship's uh ventilation sh- sh- shaft. It's like wow. I, of all the ways of getting stuck in there, you know, most most other characters would have a shot of getting out, but they had to. They kill him. It's kind of a. He still went out sacrificing himself and encouraging. Uh, uh, Natora to do what she needed but to he do. Had no control over the sacrifice. No, he didn't. Like when 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 these guys usually sacrifice themselves, yeah. and they do stuff like that, they usually have control about it. You know, um, you know, they're they're saving the ship or they're doing this. This yeah. poor bastard suit broke down, mm-hmm. and he got stuck in the um, he got stuck in the intake of a battleship that was in the line of fire. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's very, really bad. It's a very uh, chaotic way for him to go out, as opposed to like Mula Flaga, where he gets to make a split second decision. Yeah, saves the freaking bridge. Yeah, and he goes out like a fucking. Uh, oh, did I just curse? Uh, <laughs> he goes out. Right. He goes out like a pimp. You know, in this case, he goes out, and you feel bad for him because you know he could have. He could have. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. He'll be back next season. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh man, if there is a next season, which there won't be, but 
<laughs> yeah, man, that that I I there was a little bit of, uh, of 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 regret stuck in my craw about that one. I just I didn't like how how he went out. Although he went out like a he 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 steeled himself for the ending and even saluted him back, which I thought was really cool. And uh, he got the respect that he deserved. Well, not so much that, he can do. I mean, yeah, not much he can do. But he didn't he didn't he didn't go out and say you know he didn't he didn't punk out and say don't shoot me don't shoot me no no obvious he went out like a G so not much props to him. Don't tease uh, me, bro. <laughs> exactly. Um, that whole nonsense about a, a grave with a view from Dane. What? <laughs> yeah, that's, want, uh, I'm I'm fighting to give my dead uh, sister a tombstone on Earth because that's what she wanted. That's a prime like, no, I I think she wanted to live on Earth with Keo. That's what she wanted. She didn't want to have some tomb on a nice lake. God, with a, a nice lake view and, and where and where is she now is she stuck in the morgue back in second earth or something or <laughs> what's so what's going on and i was like that's a prime piece of land uh, there's a prime piece of uh real estate that they wanted to bury her body on it's like no way that's happening <laughs> But uh, it was, a, I guess, it was a nice thought, um, and 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 the thought of a, a man who is destined to die himself. Um, it was good to see Zanal get FX bursted, man. God, yes, oh my God. You mean Vmax? Vmax. Lasner Vmax. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we got a little, we got a little preview of uh, Naked Space with Keo. <laughs> It was it was good to see Naked Space come back. I'd rather see it with women, but you know, Naked Space. It's it's been a long time since I've seen you. A long time. But um, yeah, uh, it, I I thought it was an action packed episode. But I don't know. Uh, Obvious's death, the way he died, kind of soured it for me. But um, it, 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 if anything, I still enjoyed it. All right. Well, um, well, I thought that Sarek's the moment of his death was well done the circumstances that led up to that were pretty contrived and he certainly deserved better especially after he took down you know uh, a quote-unquote ace pilot and that was reflected even in Gotham's dining word dying words where he goes oh, I, I can't believe I'm being killed by someone who's not even a Gundam ah. <laughs> yeah. like well you you weren't that good and you were just a raging moron so <laughs> you're sort of like Jared, if he was in the black tri-stars, because you're the last one left and you never accomplished anything other than dying and letting your friends die. Yeah, exactly. So that was pretty, uh, pretty stupid. Also, this whole thing with Keo and Dean. You know, Dean has what three minutes of screen time in this episode. Yeah. You know, a minute, a minute of fighting, a minute and a half of reconciling, and then dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so number one his Keo's understanding yeah it's no surprise that it worked this time but that's because they were already friends to begin with yeah and two it didn't have any impact for me because Keo and um dean only fought this one time for a minute had they had them fighting several times and this was a continuing thing that was resolved now that would have worked better but instead it was just you know let's just throw this in here because the last time we saw dean was in the 30s he didn't have that much screen time with Keo to begin with and we haven't seen him do anything since he joined up with the military so not very much it's, development for that character yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a contrived way to give him a rival kind of like the you know the upcoming Asamu uh, Zihard showdown yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of just a cheap way of doing that cuz really Keo doesn't have that I mean, just, just like just like uh, the dying of Lou is a cheap uh, a, a cheap version of uh, gosh I, now I'm blanking on her name but um, of uh, homegirl from the first season uh, urine urine thank urine you. God yeah. Dang. 
it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a cheap version of uh, Urine's impact on Flit is what lose death of the death of Lou, how it impacted Keo. It just it just seems very just below the belt. It, it doesn't seem as genuine as it did back then in season one and two. Well, before we close on this episode, I just want to know something very important, which is if you are a longtime reader of MHQ, you may notice that sometimes the Google AdWords that are generated with specific reviews are kind of funky and weird. So in this journalism break, I want to point out this very important thing that episode 47 has displayed for quite a while. Uh, a couple of links for, for your consideration. Number one, child custody rights. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Number two, Mobile Suit Gundam anime. <laughs> okay, that's that's definitely more on track. Yeah. Number three, Father's Rights Rights. What? <laughs> Actually, I have on here, I have Child Custody Rights, Father's Rights Children, and Live Satellite. Oh. <laughs> that's what I have, so. Live Satellite. Interesting. No, just Live Satellite, not Satellites, just Live Satellite. Well, all right. <laughs> well, now that we know this, uh, let's move on and uh, ratings, Neo. Um, to, uh, uh, probably three, yeah, three dead deans out of five. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably have to give it three, three, uh, three dead deans out of five as well. Or our three, three grave sites. There you go. First, first grave sites out three, of five. Three graves with a view out of five. I gave this one three space salutes out of five. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so now we, we move on to the penultimate episode of the series, episode 48, Glimmer of Despair. Ooh. Oh, so this is the last one then, right? No, the second to last. Oh, pe- penultimate is the oh. second to last. <laughs> okay. Well, we're getting there, Neil. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't get too excited. The, we, end, the end is almost near. We're fighting a good fight. <laughs> we have to go through this. In, in, in a way, though, isn't this really the last episode? In a way, yes, uh, but we have to go through this. <laughs> we have to go through this glimmer of despair before we get to the long journey's end. Oh okay. man! All right, let's do this. So there's uh, more fighting, more people dying because, of course, this is the final battle. So Sehart suddenly uh, starts getting visited by ghosts, including low rent Wolverine. Oh yes, that's yeah. space space Logan's ghost. That came and and pretty much everyone who has died because of him and his incompetence over the uh, various generations, including including me looking like a fool for thinking that homeboy lived. Yes, yes, uh, it was. Oh, uh, I'd confirmation. Oh, yeah. Confirmation. See, there, there you go. You mentioned Chris that there'll be a moment where I'd look like a fool again. Here we go. Let me have it. There you go. I'll, I'll let you own that. I'll hold that L. So. Zehart decides that he needs to finish this battle real fast so he can over get to Eden and do whatever it would be that would cause Eden to happen as Ezel can't predict it. Mm-hmm. So he tells Fram to lure the Gundam into the firing line of the uh, the Digimon cannon. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and she's like, uh, but that means that I he's like, just do it, okay? I need you to do this to win for me. So she and Leo go off to uh, lure the uh the gundams into the firing path and um it notices that something's kind of kind of funky here mm-hmm. and um that the vegans are, are gonna shoot again because they're hooking up la gramis to uh second moon to recharge it so he has all of the other ships pull out but leaves the diva behind as a decoy while the entire crew transfers to the Baronoke. So the three Gundams stay behind till the last minute to ensure that uh, the 
Vagans don't figure out what's going on. So while this is happening, Obright, who uh, has with Mr. Penis Head haircut. <laughs> yeah, it is a penis head. He's a real bellend. He's been uh, doing nothing but sweeping floors and lamenting Remy's death for uh, decades. Mm-hmm. He, he just totally uh, becomes a, uh, a space grunt bro, and he takes down Lael. Oh, yeah. And goes after Fram and... Um, even though she gets him in the gut, he stabs her right in the uh, the face of her suit and Ooh. deals the killing blow. And um, the best part of it is that you know, as he's uh, as he's dying, he's looking at the diva and saying to himself, like, uh, "Oh, Remy, I'll I'll finally see you again. Sorry to keep you waiting for so long." Dude dies with a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he he, uh, <laughs> he went out with some kind of closure. <laughs> He he dies with a a, uh, a almost communal level smile on his face. Man, yeah. While um, at the same time, Fram is lamenting not being with her precious Zehato-sama. <laughs> so Zehart has the cannon fired, and at the last moment, Flit and awesome. Kyo hop mm-hmm. onto uh, the Dark Hound, and Asuma uses this hyper boost that's never been mentioned before Ooh. to fly to yeah. there really fast. And uh, the diva gets blown to pieces. We see Flit thinking about his times on the ship over the years and uh, gives it a space salute. Hell yeah. A lot of space salutes in these last few episodes. Yes. And uh, Zehart's moment of glory is spoiled when he finds it immediately. Oh, hey, uh, yeah, those Gundams are all still around. (laughs) And Fram's not. Yeah. So he has this massive raging meltdown and uh, all of these ghosts appear and they're laughing at him and calling him a failure, which, you know, so he he basically um, he instead of rage quitting, he rage joins the battlefield in the Legolas and attacks Asamu in just a crazy blind rage. And in the span of, say, 30 seconds, this top-of-the-line brand-new Gundam that is so fearsome and awesome gets totally shredded to pieces by an outdated 25-year-old pirated mobile suit. It gets, it gets destinied. <laughs> yes. Man. And I, I know that he was not thinking clearly, but uh, still, it's, given how big the Legolas was hyped up as sort of like this ultimate suit combining Megan technology and Gundam technology, and you know it's so awesome and crazy, and it beat up the H3 so badly, mm-hmm. to go down so easily, no matter yeah. the pilot's state of mind, is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it went down really quick, too. I mean, this is, this is a real quick battle. Yes. It, it does not last more than 30 or so seconds. Yeah. It, it folded like origami. <laughs> I mean, th- 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 this is not one of those half episodes back and forth. You know, I slice off this, you slice off that, blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, 30 seconds of fail. Yeah. And the Dark Hand doesn't even get a scratch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flawless. Perfect. It's almost Kira level of flawless victory. Ooh. So, of course, we got some cockpit opening heart-to-heart scenes as Zehard is bleeding to death. And... Uh, he notes that Asamu has finally caught up to him and he's like, hey, you know, you were jealous of me having this power, but I was jealous of you because I wanted to settle down with the person I loved and start a family. And, you know, everything I did was for Izokan's plan and uh, bleh. <laughs> and then he blows up and dies. <laughs> Little did, uh, uh, did um, Zihart, he must not have watched the show because uh, Asamu wasn't around <laughs> Romari for, what, 15 <laughs> years or so? <laughs> so... 
Yeah, he 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 obviously was not aware that uh, what he coveted the most, uh, Asamu tossed aside yeah. exactly. years ago to become super pirate rather casually. And, <laughs> and on top of that, um, you know, if Sehart wanted to settle in and have a family, he vaporized the girl who just would have banged his brains out and, you know, spitted out 20 babies for him. No doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they would have had they would have had X-rounder babies all over the place. Oh, my God. A litter. <laughs> that, you know, that that would be a good sequel. X-rounder X babies. Nice. <laughs> That'd be uh, like new type monkeys and new type dolphins. Pretty much, man. <laughs> well, so, right. in, in some other shows, this might be the end of the series, but uh, no, it's not here, even no. though the final <laughs> antagonist, tech, the main antagonist has fallen. So, yeah. Solbro, your comments on this episode. Well, getting right to it. Zahar just... I, I, you could smell the death on him when he started seeing ghosts all around him, and you know, it's kind of sudden that you would see that. You know, he was starting to go poly walnuts on us. <laughs> Speaking to the Sopranos, as we mentioned, but, 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 but Pauly survived. Yeah, Pauly lived, unlike this fool who just you know jumps into a suit, leaves the comfort of his own bridge where he's needed the most, and then jumps in the in the Legolas and does it. You figured he'd be pushed to that, and I was thinking that somewhere along the way during the last episode he'd be pushed to get into his suit to help defend his ship or help defend uh, Second well, Moon or something like that. No, he just—it's not a surprise because as has been established, he's a horrible commander. Yeah, absolutely. He, he always abandons. Uh, <laughs> the duty of command to run out and fight and then always loses. Yeah. I mean, he is the worst commander we've ever seen in, in the entire franchise, I think. Oh my gosh. I, I've got to look back just to, just to confirm that, but yeah, he, he did a terrible job and a lot of the criticism that he got early on in the series, we're talking like generation two onward, you know, came to fruition here. Uh, I, I love the fact that the, the ghost did chide him over the fact that his command was so weak and then he just decided to jump into the Legolas and, and get carved up by awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I just I, I thought it was a weak way for him to go out. I did enjoy that heart to the heart <laughs> at the end between him and the awesome, and how they flash back to when they were uh, when they were in school together, and uh, how they were both envious of each other's lives. I, I did enjoy that a little bit because uh, it brought a little closure to season uh, to generation two with that conversation. But uh, at the end yeah, of but the we day, already we already had that when they shook hands and became space bros at the end of generate near the end of generation two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So it's just, I guess it was just icing on the cake at that point. But um, yeah, uh, outside of that, um, the 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 diva was the the most heart wrenching part of that for me. Uh, the whole episode, seeing that ship finally go, because you knew it was going to happen. You know, the ship was going to go out in a in a bang, and not only did it go out, but notably the age system also got destroyed with it. Well, so, so you think? So you think? You're jumping ahead of yourself, oh, sir. But I'm just, I'm just I just want to point just, that out it, that it was on board the ship when it got obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, though, yeah, I it was sad to see it go. Yeah. But once again, kind of like Sarek, it kind of goes in a really dumb way. I mean, yeah, I understand why they kept it there, but the fact that they just abandoned ship when it was really okay, they just abandoned it so they wouldn't put that laser on somebody else. Just it could it, it could have deserved a little bit more. It, it could have been you know yeah. beyond. A repair, and then they say, you know, we have to get out of this because it's blowing up. But it, it wasn't. Could, it, it could have been white based, which uh, you know, the white base went yeah. out in a much better way. They, they sacrificed the ship to open up a way into uh, a Labau a coup. But uh, this, they decided to abandon the ship because it would make a great decoy, repeating the process that uh, that the vegans themselves did 
to 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 the Federation just epi- an episode or so earlier. And then why so, they, why didn't they why didn't they at least try to get the age system because it was a very yeah they had to do it very quickly but yeah I don't know I, I'm I'm sorry I'm spitting sense. Yeah. <laughs> They should have figured out a way to eject it or something because, as they mentioned earlier in 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 uh, Generation Three, that it was a very essential part that would change the tide of the war somewhere along the way. And for them to not take steps to to eject that from the ship, I honestly don't know. I just I it's if anything, I, I'm left with a whole lot of uh <laughs> questions, but I, I'll leave it at that. But uh, Neo, what are your thoughts? I think it's kind of sad that Albright gets a better death than Zihard, the antagonist. The fact that Albright, you know, this this guy that he's been in two 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 generations here, but he's always been a background character. Yeah. And he goes out like a G and has a really cool kind of death. Um, Which I but, was I was glad to see that. But um yeah, but the fact that Zihard, the guy the antagonist mm-hmm. Uh, the main guy basically gets he gets jobbed in in thirty <laughs> seconds. I mean, basically does, and it, it, it's just I, I think they actually reminisce more about the good times than the actual battle between these two. Mm-hmm. So it's that's pretty pathetic. Um, yeah, I mean, some of this other stuff you, you knew people were going to die and all that, but other than that, it's just. It's just kind of a kill fest, and I really can't go into any more, much more that's been said, to be honest. So, Well, out of this mess of an episode, for me, the highest level of drama were the deaths of the Diva and Obright. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did not feel anything at all about the death of Lael because he was just, uh, just some idiot lackey with a dot on his head. <laughs> And Fram, um, what a horrible waste of, of, a, of a female character, which is something that H has a habit of doing ever since the beginning of just wasting female characters or rendering them useless, which I already yeah. mentioned before is what they did here. They made her this total one note character who is just so blindly devoted to Zahart. And that's all that she becomes. She just becomes, you know, blind love enforcement tool for Zahart another and pawn, ceases to be a character. Another pawn to sacrifice. That's pretty much it. And, and you, yes. you're right. You, you point out that the women in this show really didn't serve much of a didn't really serve much of an impact man i mean even i even thought that captain anus well let's leave that to the final impression so right you're right go ahead so uh this episode is just a terrible mess you have um sacrificing everything and gaining nothing at all from it uh foolishly destroying his own men and uh he ends up killing zanald which uh, another waste of space there because um, yeah. you know, Zanal did this whole like traitor villain thing that he immediately backtracked from the previous episode. He's like, oh, you just got in the way when we were shooting. <laughs> but I don't acknowledge you. So he ended up being a, a waste of a character. Also, you thought he'd be a traitor villain, maybe would unite some factions of Vagan against Zahart. But no, he was just being a dumbass and then he just got killed for no reason. Yeah. This whole thing with Zehart and Asimov's fight, again, it was just, I know that Zehart was not in a proper state of mind, but to just get curb stomped so easily by such a ridiculously outdated machine mm-hmm. is pretty pathetic. And to just die like that in the last two minutes and be the main antagonist, but not even live to see the end. The fact that even Ezelkant is still alive after this. Yeah, I know. And he's sick in bed. Successor, his chosen successor dies before he does. It's yeah. pretty pretty embarrassing so uh ratings for this second to last episode two two i'd probably have to go with two and a half uh disappointments out of five (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna cut right to it i gave this one two and a half vaporized fangirls out of five nice 
Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings us to the final episode of the series, episode 49, A Long Journey's End. A.K.A. Vegan Gear Solid. Yes. (laughs) So we got Easel Kant, who uh, he senses uh, Zehart's death and the fact that uh, obviously his plan is failing now that his uh, little butt boy is not around to carry it out anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The crew of the Diva take control of the Baranoke for whatever reason, because Asimu said so, because why would you have your experienced crew run your own ship when you can just have some other crew run it for you? Crazy. There's there's nobody left uh, in command as a senior character aside from this funky-haired guy, Okramud. So he sends out uh, Zeragins. Who Zeragins, you might ask? Why, mm-hmm. he's the test tube kid we've been seeing for episode after episode who has been described as Fagin's ultimate pilot. Oh, boy. <laughs> who, you know, has Easelkant's genes and is a high-level X-rounder and has been engineered without a human heart to be the ultimate warrior. All so, this hype. <laughs> he... Uh, he launches in uh, this hideous thing called Vagan Gear mm-hmm. that looks like some monster dragon skeleton thing. Mm-hmm. Xenomorph. Looks like the freaking alien xenomorph to me. And he just starts, you know, spanking grunts and uh, yeah. attacking the Gundams. And then uh, they're trying to fight him. And just as they start maybe getting some tactics going against this guy, literally out of nowhere, Sid just jumps in from behind and rapes him and combines <laughs> to. Vegan Gear Sid. Vegan Gear, Vegan Gear Ray. Yes. <laughs> Man. So Vegan Gear Sid goes nuts and starts attacking Lagramus and threatening to cause an overload that will destroy Second Moon. So Okramud wants to disconnect Lagramus from Second Moon, but unfortunately uh, the mechanisms aren't uh, working because why would they? <laughs> So at the same time, Flit grabs a plasma diver and uh, gets ready to target Second Moon and about the colony finally. Mm-hmm. But the very last second when he's about to pull the trigger, Keo gets in his way with uh, the usual, oh, let's let's fight, let's end the war, and blah 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 blah. And then um, he he forces this uh, X rounder vision on Flit where he's uh, Generation One again. And Urine sitting on his lap and telling him that he needs to uh, forgive the Vegans and forgive himself. And then mm-hmm. random ghosts of like Grodek and Wolf appear and uh, other dead people. And then Flit's like, okay, cool, let's do it. <laughs> including, including Flit's mom shows up, doesn't say anything, but she shows up. So uh, in the span of like five seconds, he just magically changes, completely abandons 50 years of hatred and uh, calls the Vegans and the Federation, says, hey, we need to work together to save Second Moon, which I was just about to destroy five seconds ago, but don't worry about that. And he fires the uh, the plasma diver missile up to get their attention. So suddenly uh, all these Vegans and Federation, uh, they stop fighting each other and uh, start working together to blow up all these uh, spheres and disconnect Lagramis from uh, from Second Moon. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, Vegan Gear Sid flies around causing more havoc. So Keo chases it and uses burst mode to slice it up in a second and rescue Zara from the cockpit for whatever pointless reason. <laughs> and then uh, there's a nice old chain reaction and all of Lagramis uh, blows up but doesn't take 
second moon with it. And you get a 10 second explanation from Flit saying that somehow, for some reason, the ExaDB and the H system were used to create the Everse system that nullifies Mars rays and allowed for the safe colonization of the Mars sphere. Mm-hmm. And then post credits in the same amount of time that take up uh, the episode preview, we get a uh, tiny little epilogue, if you could even call it that, set in AG201, where old Asamu and older Kyo are checking out a statue of uh, Flit at the Gundam Museum, and old Kyo's like, oh, Grandpa Flit, the world is at peace. The end. <laughs> and man, are they old. <laughs> But we never actually see their faces, which is, that's a nice cop-out. No, we, we just see their jowls, that's all. <laughs> so, bro, why don't you kick us off here on this last episode? Your your thoughts, your disgust, your hate. I would have never thought that Kabuki Hobo, I mean, uh, Falk Okramud, would have... <laughs> <laughs> would have lived as long as he did in this show uh, for him to have to take over. And uh, is that is a, that a trauma movie? Uh, trauma oh, Kabuki Hobo. It should be. It should be. This should be the <laughs> next. That, film. Is, that, is that the sequel to Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD? Hell yeah, man! I want my royalties if they make it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, for him to take a man and make the foolish decision to want to fire the Digimon cannon one more time, um, you, of course you know things are gonna go wrong. And then <laughs> Sid just coming out of nowhere, and I, I don't know why that is. Maybe it was attracted to how strong an x-rounder uh that 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 homeboy was i mean i could make up all the excuses at the end of the day but it was just it, it was as crazy as when um when graham showed up out of nowhere to kick the kick the shit out of uh, uh setsuna in uh, uh in, in double o although it, for that series it worked um for this it 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 didn't work it just it just leveled them up as a last boss which is all that the vegan gear really is uh, you know just a, just a last boss character that uh, they have to they have to fight and come together to take out you know and and my question is why even with flit's insistence would a lot of those federation grunts even want to help out the vegan i figured they would just stay back and say you know what this they had this coming let them get blown up and you know it's just pretty much a a, a battle that the gundams and 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 the remaining vegan soldiers are going to have to fight to destroy the digimon cannon you know I, I I just don't I don't see how within seconds he could convince them all to work together. But hey, mirac- miraculously it did happen. Um, the scene yes, miraculously, mirac- miraculously it did. Um, I did enjoy the scene where, uh, of course, uh, uh, Urin and uh, the other ghosts from uh, from Flit's past show up, and you see young Flit one last time. Why, why uh, would you enjoy that? That, I, that was I, the total undoing of his character. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, a I, magical I, solution. I like seeing that. Although I think that come to Jesus moment should have came. A little bit earlier in the series, but you know, it it, it did. It, it was the magical moment that did change him into a, a, a kinder, gentler flit. And it's not something that re- really flows well, especially for this last episode. But you knew it was going to happen. It was a little ham-fisted, but I, I guess I just liked it because I got to see a lot of the old faces again. Um, other than that, I, I think this episode fell short. That epilogue, you only get like a few minutes. And I was I was saying this to Neo. Um, few minutes. We're debate. talking. We're talking thirty seconds. Yeah, we're, uh, half a minute then. <laughs> But I was saying this to Neo. I, I hate, and we mentioned this before, but I, I hate when we get an epilogue that only lasts a few seconds or a few minutes. I would love to see every series for Gundam take the point that Double O did, where half the episode was the damn epilogue. I, I, I love that about Double O, and it set the precedent on how you end the show. Um, well, it's, it's called proper pacing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, what am I expecting here? 
<laughs> and that quick explanation that the exit DB made Mars habitable finally, and 37 years pass. I was like, damn, I'd like to see a little bit of that backstory and and and, and to see what's going on there. I I I don't expect to ever see an epilogue, like a full epilogue episode for the show, being that it wasn't you know a huge uh, a huge hit in Japan, but. You know, I wanted a bit more closure that I didn't get, and um, I'll let I'll let Neo uh, wax on uh, how much uh, how much he thinks of this episode. Well, after viewing this episode, I the the biggest thing that came to my mind is why um, why was this episode made? Why was uh, this guy the last boss? Um, why a lot of things? And um, then I said to myself, "Well, self, this is the last episode of Age, so I'm not going to have to worry about this." ever again so but yeah it's uh it's pretty weak I, I i don't i don't understand sid coming out of nowhere i don't understand the reason why you would wait to the complete end to get uh zara out um i don't know why he wasn't just brought out the beginning of the final episode because it would have made a little bit more sense but hey what do i know mm-hmm. um yeah like you said kabuki hobo it was kind of interesting to see how this guy uh because I actually, because I was kind of just waiting to see when he was going to die. Because they kept kept showing him throughout these these last few episodes of all the little commands he was doing and stuff. I'm like, man, you can you just know these guys are going to get smoked. No, no, he's <laughs> he's the last one that does. And then, oh, Easel Camp, mm-hmm. WTF? Why? Okay, Flit is all or not Flit, but Keo has this great thing of of when uh, Easel Camp finally dies and all this stuff. And he's got, like, these fond memories. But yet, I'm seeing all these uh, destroyed mobile suits and all this killing that happened. But yet, he's going to be like, oh, farewell, great Easel Kent. You were such a great... You you helped me through this and showed me the way. Yet, all these people are dead. But, hey, I don't know. (laughs) Call call me crazy. But, um, yeah, and then uh, the fact that uh, the age system somehow was miraculous. If they could make the age system so quickly again after it got destroyed on the D.Va... Why didn't they have more ships with the age system uh, equipped with them? I mean, why was there just only one? Hmm, I don't know. And then the fact that they became like freaking Eli Lilly and, uh, you know, with the ExaDB and uh, had, you know, the, uh, the, the brand new uh, cure for the space aids uh, is just, I disagree with Solbro. I don't like seeing any of that. Any of those Damn. people come back uh, on them. Um, on flip because it just completely cheapened his character it was like oh wow all the things i was fighting for all the people that um you know that got murdered in front of me that were taken from me too soon now now they're going to tell me oh you just need to stop the fighting and uh, i'm just going to end up and be like oh okay sure no problem and then um oh they checked off uh, a gundam fires a missile or fires its a weapon straight up in the air Oh man, so that 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 got checked off when he shot off the ma- uh, the uh, mass driver, mm-hmm. or uh, um, you know, because we we got to have our, our reminiscent of the RX seventy eight dash two shot there. I, only it only would have been better if he had no head, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> but um, well, he had and, no arms by the end, so yeah, that is true. He had no arms, but that was after he fired this. But um, and then the ending, which is just dumb the epilogue is just dumb and they should have just ended it at episode 48 because this was just why and why why have the whole thing of oh we're just going to show from the jawline below Kyo and asamu why i mean what what suspense was that supposed to do what what was that supposed to be dramatic oh like the the statue of flit is up there his kids aren't going to go visit it i mean what the hell 
Yeah, we got it, to see Flit as an old man. Why not see those guys as old, as old it, men? Yeah, it's just this episode fails on a lot of levels, and it's a piece of crap. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, I had many, many problems with this episode. Uh, number one, <laughs> Easel can't death. Yeah, this guy dies at peace in his bed with his milfy wife, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I never wanted to start the war. Keo really is the reincarnation of Romy." Wow, old man, uh, for someone who didn't want to start the war, you sure did, and uh, you caused the deaths of how many thousands or tens of thousands on both sides over the course of 70 years because of your stupid ambitions, so mm-hmm. that is uh, total bullshit. Um, Keo and his nonsense about uh, let's live together, yada yada, and putting himself in front of the plasma diver. It was me. I'd be like, "Oh, you little, you 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 want to sympathize with them so much, you little treasonous fuck." Fine, <laughs> press the trigger, shoot him That's and the missile both into second moon. Yeah, get that done. So the, this whole undoing of Flit's rage, which has been the driving force of his character for fifty years, the majority of his life, to suddenly just vanish in the span of five seconds, is just really ridiculous bad writing. Yeah. Yep. Zara as a video game final boss really makes no sense. If anything, if you wanted to have like a showdown that would have made sense, then you would have had Zehart live and instead of using the Legolas, have him use Vagan gear. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because they'd at least be fighting a character who um, you know, existed before this, other than just in some test tube that everyone said was so awesome. Yeah. Zara Gins himself, uh, if you could even call him a character, he has maybe four lines of dialogue, two of which are I must destroy the Gundams. Yeah. So he's a total waste. Um, yeah, I just also am not a fan of these last minute endings where nothing is resolved and we have this horrible epilogue that doesn't explain anything. I mean, given that this was a war of a hundred years, which they skipped the last 37 years on in this epilogue, you know, you needed to have a big conclusion for this. Fine. You want to end with that mess of killing Zahar in episode 48? Make 49 mostly an epilogue instead of the last 30 seconds. I mentioned this during my review of the last episode of Destiny, and I'll have to reiterate that same comment that, you know, despite being canceled early, original series and X both managed to have pretty good, good endings. endings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the original series. And even, even yeah. X managed to spend half of its last episode, at least, on an epilogue for all of the cast. Yeah. Yet Destiny and Age, which both got full runs, completely squandered things and yes. left everything until the last minute and just resolved everything at a horribly fast pace that just makes no sense yeah i, I so, totally agree <laughs> let's uh let's give our ratings and then uh wrap up with our impressions on the series as a whole so neo what's your rating for the final episode uh one and a half um uh mass drivers out of five uh for me right. for me it's uh it's it's uh two snakes out of five. All right, I will give this episode um, two unwanted flashbacks out of five. All right, so we've spent a lot of time talking about age before, during, and after the show, and we're finally at the end. So <laughs> uh, I want to break this up into. Um, We'll go around the three of us into two distinct parts. First, uh, the pros, the things we liked about age. So, 
Neo, what, what are some things that you've liked about Age? Uh, I enjoyed Generation 1. I thought Generation 1 was pretty good. I, I like some of the characters are okay. I liked, um, I liked Flit. I liked uh, Wolf and guys like that. Uh, the designs of a lot of the suits are pretty good, except for the Vegan stuff I wasn't really feeling. But, um, you know, like the Genoases, the way that they kind of went throughout history, the uh, the different Gundams looked pretty good. Um, that's about it, really. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, series 1, um, uh, Generation 1 was definitely the best part. Had better uh, pacing, I what? think. I had, had better pacing. Had better pacing. I, I guess out of all of them, it had the most. It was the generation with the most episodes, uh, and rightfully so. It had to set the pace for everything else. You know, even even down to the last uh, episodes where you know you had the final battle. Even though it was on a much smaller scale than some of the uh, the later later generations, that final battle was probably the most important out of all of those. And just the things that go down, it just leaves you hyped for the next generation because of uh just 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 how uh, Grodek gets his revenge and whatnot. Um, excellent excellent uh part of the series. You can at least say one 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 fourth of this series is excellent. <laughs> and the rest of it you can kind of chart our enthusiasm for the show going from generation one where we were hype about it to generation two where we were just confused to generation three where we just started to spit vitriol <laughs> about what we were watching so you could just see how things go downhill outside of that i still love the concept of three generations i just wish it was uh done better all right well um in terms of mecha design, there there are a few pluses to age. One is the fact that uh, they went a uh, radically unorthodox design style for enemy suits, at least for Gundam. Yeah, where you had um, you know space dragons and you know all these grunts with these sort of not quite mono eyes. You know they weren't your typical like uh, Zeon hand me downs. Yeah. So I give them credit for being experimental in, in that regard. And um, also in Seed and Destiny, we saw this trend start up where you had Gundams fighting Gundams all the time and everything else was just uh, grunt cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Double O started to reverse that trend, even though there were some enemy Gundams. A lot of the time, Celestial Being was fighting against non-Gundams for the most part. And uh, I'm glad to see that Age took that a step further, kind of harkening back to the 80s, where if you look at it, there were really only five Gundams for this entire show. Yeah, for all of which, it, yeah, for the whole show. Yeah. Which is a small number. I mean, you know, in the 90s, it started shooting up a lot until hitting record numbers in uh, Seed and Destiny and even Double uh, O. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time since Turn A where we haven't had a Gundam crazy series. Where they scaled it back. Yeah. Yeah. And you only had one of those Gundams being evil. So that also is a pretty amazing thing. So they definitely deserve credit for that. Uh, another thing the show deserves credit for is it's the first series since X to not have a clip show at all. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. That's, that's that's a pretty amazing feat that every episode was, you know, an original original product as opposed to having a, a clip show because of an oncoming holiday or something like that. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. The development of Flit over the course of three generations, I think, was also... Uh, a good part of the series because something that we never see in most other shows is how these characters develop over time. Yes, we see that with Amaro across several series and Setsuna through the time sleep of the show and the movie, but that's pretty much it. You know, the 
things that Flit goes through, it shapes who he is as a character, and we see how that deepens in generations two and three. So to see that, I think, was uh, the best part of this three-generation angle. And you have to wonder, like, what are the kinds of effects that these traumas have on these young kids who are fighting on the front lines? You know, you look at um, someone like Uso, and you say to yourself, how messed up is he going to be in 20 or 30 years? But we never know. (laughs) We never know. We never know. And Flit is pretty much that answer. Yeah. He became a bitter, angry bastard. (laughs) And And you could see why. You could see why. And it makes perfect sense that he's a bitter, angry bastard. So that right there is probably the biggest strength of the show. Um, Also, you know, I think it is worth noting the, the ambition that the show had of trying this three-generation storyline, even though that ambition is also its greatest weakness at the same time. And when it comes to story, the first generation, I thought, built up to a pretty good finale. Mm-hmm. It had some uneven parts at first with Fardane, but it built up to a good conclusion. So now let's go around for the flip side of that. And uh, Solbro, give us your negatives. <laughs> let's just add to the record everything we've already said up to now. So just cap it off with any closing thoughts rather than litigating the whole argument. You got it. Um, I guess my biggest negative in the show is the writing. It is the writing. Um, as I mentioned beforehand, there was a they, they, the writers must have had a checklist of all the things they wanted to do, and they did it in such a kind of a roughshod, you know, basic way that you know it, the the events of the series didn't unfold evenly at all. It, you know, you you had characters introduced, ham fisted, and you know they came and did their thing, and then got wasted or served their purpose. You know, everything's utilita- utilitarian in the series, and I, I I thought it was cool at first, but as the series goes along and you get to seasons uh, series two and three and then finally the the last stretch you know it starts to take its toll you can tell by the episode titles that uh you know things there's a real basic approach with the series and it just gets real old real quick yeah um, h definitely wins the award for most uninspired episode titles the episode titles alone are spoilers <laughs> and there have been the gundam series that have done that in the past zeta gundam is notably one which episode titles spoil exactly what the hell is going to happen so that's 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 a that's just a um, uh, a, a myth I have with 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 when naming episode titles that I want to be surprised. I was hoping for twists in this series that uh, that shows like Double uh, O had or um, even Code Geass. Um, where was that group of writers? Because I'd rather see them step in here and, and turn this show around than to, to see the guys who are writing this show and setting up the scenarios for this. This show feels like a video game, and I realize the irony. I know that Level Five worked on this show, so in essence, they were trying to bring a video game approach to 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 a Gundam series, but it failed outright. In this show it it, it it didn't serve it in, serve it any purposes at all and i do think the show would work better as a video game than it would an actual gundam series granted there are games out now for gundam age in japan or um at least I, last i heard at least the first generation was getting adapted into a game no it's made, uh, the whole show the, ex- the down, whole down to the ending and the ending of the series was spoiled by the game coming out right before the ending of the show oh come on Oh, yes. I, I do all of the spoilers before they aired, thanks to uh, revelations from the game. Dumbasses. Dumbasses, man. Wow, that, 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 that just another bonehead move in, in regards to this. But, yeah, um, that, that's my biggest complaint, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I think the characters were underserved. A lot of them came off two-dimensionally. You know, at the end of the day, the series hurts for it. it to me, it's not as bad as Destiny. Because uh, that's a whole nother ball of wax, but man, this series is almost close to it when it comes to falling short of its potential. All right, uh, Neo, uh, your comments. And keep in mind, we're just incorporating for the record 
yeah all of your previous negative comments so <laughs> just uh, some final thoughts on cons I, I just think the biggest thing is is um, outside of the writing would definitely be the pacing and how they're just kind of doing the story. Because like we, I had mentioned before, you have more episodes regarding Giardo Spriggan than you do about ExaDB, which ExaDB is supposed to be this big thing. And, you know, it gets like an episode, e- 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 even that. And we don't even really get to get the big reveal on it. So. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a that's that's definitely a big issue with it. Yeah, this 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 whole type of uh, last episode, we're just going to bring out somebody that's never been doing anything before. It just really it really took that last episode and it just kind of you know made it where it was like this is just a completely separate thing and you know why are we even uh, bothering with this anymore? And um, the 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 fact that you know with Keo you have a, a character who. Um, is probably one of the most selfish of the Gundam pilots. I mean, they're all pretty selfish, but in the end, they all kind of become a little selfless. This guy's a pretty selfish bastard all the way to the end because it's like, <laughs> it's like it's my high, it's my way or the highway, mm-hmm. and um, you know he basically he basically makes it that way. It's like I'm right, all you other guys are bad, that all you other guys don't understand, and and stuff like that. So I mean, he's probably the most selfish little piece of shit. That's ever been in a, ever been in a uh, a Gundam cockpit ever. Um, so I'll I'll raise a toast to that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them how you really feel, man. I mean, and and, and I will say because I'm sure this will come up. Uh-huh. I do feel that this show is not as bad as Destiny. Yeah. And the reason why is because Destiny destroyed a good show and a whole universe. Whereas <laughs> this was this is more of a self-contained mess. You know, it it, it was it's its own thing. So it was either going to be good or it was going to be bad. Destiny, that's a whole different thing. So uh, Yeah, we haven't been back to the cosmic era since, and it's almost been 10 years. Yeah, and I got, I, I got a feeling AG's, the AG uh, universe is going to be uh, kind of in that same vein. So. Oh, man. Well, uh, in closing, I would say that, you know, among the negatives that age wasted a lot of its potential due to the writing and yeah. the, um, the pacing of these arcs, you know, the first arc, you had a couple episodes wasted on, on Fardane to really do nothing. And, um, you know, you had characters because of this multi-generational structure. The secondary characters, they never really developed into anything. And they were just roles to fill. They were just parts. You know, yeah. a pilot for mobile suit or a butt to sit in a seat on the bridge of the Diva. You know, you look at some of these first-generation characters like um, Adam's and uh largan you got adams as this guy who's sort of this by the book dude who disagrees with grodek's sort of unconventional methods and he kind of seems like he's going to be an important character in the future never seen again after the first generation never mentioned yeah. again mm-hmm. largan uh you know he's the uh the the grunt who won't die who should have died many times but survived despite the odds You'd never see him again, although he shows up in Memories of Sid, which to me doesn't count because that's a side story manga. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, Generation 2, you've got Malace as the captain of the Diva, which is an utterly useless development because she doesn't develop as a character in any way. And it could just as easily been Captain Joe Smith because her <laughs> being the captain has ultimately no bearing on anything that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And then you got, you know, the third generation, same thing. You know, all these characters, they're just there for the most part to serve a role, and that's it. Derek, Jonathan, who, who are they? We don't know anything yeah. about them. 
Yeah. You know, Sarek at least sort of uh, took on the role of the senpai and had some development with trying to tutor key mentor Kyo and you know trying to more successfully mentor uh, Natora. But um, the characters really get shoved to the sideline because there's just no time for them to breathe and develop. I think that this show definitely should have been two generations mm-hmm. and have a lot more time focused on, you know, developing the story. For example, in the game, there's a generation 1.5 where Flit is in his early 20s and we see him fighting the Vagan with the pretty cool looking age one razor. Nice. So why didn't we have that in the TV show? I mean, couldn't we have had, instead of like three episodes on Fardane, after uh, the end of Generation 1, have an episode of him in his 20s, you know, being a, a young father and, you know, developing mobile suits and sort of easing the transition to that second generation rather than just, boom, 25 years later. Yeah, that's a great you know, you know, too, Chris, it's funny because you talk about how we get gypped on a lot of these characters, that they're just uh, butts in seats. But yet we have a situation where, you know, we have uh, Giardo Springett. You know, it's like yeah. somebody like that gets all this attention. We get all this backstory about their stuff and all the things that have happened to them. But yet we can't even get like, you know, two minutes of, uh, you know, Derek or something like that. It's just. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of characters in Gundam who are butts yeah. in seats. But this show takes it to another level. You know, the end of the second generation was really rushed. The whole second generation got really shafted by being only 13 episodes. Yeah. Um, moving on, I think this show has, without a doubt, the worst female characters in the entire franchise. Ooh, as, as I mentioned in my final review, uh, women in this series serve only three purposes. To be um, baby factories, cheerleaders, and death motivators. <laughs> Sometimes they serve multiple roles, you know, like, say, Romari and Emily being both baby factories and cheerleaders. Yeah. And people like Urin and Lou and Shana Lua and Gerard Spriggan being death motivators. Death motivators. <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty, like, I mean, we've talked at length about how Japan is not exactly uh, the most progressive country when it comes to uh, treatment of women and depiction of women in media. But this is a pretty big step backwards, even for that, even in that context. Especially for Gundam, since Gundam has, a, has had a lot of strong female characters portrayed very well. Um, yeah. Throughout throughout its different series, for this series to come along and just make it, them props. And it, 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 it funny though that the Gundams made in the eighties depict women in a better light than the Gundam made in two thousand twelve. Crazy, right? <laughs> it's sad. And you look at other shows. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about Pat Labor a while back. Man, people like Kanuka and and Noah and Shinobu light years away from oh, yeah. the horrible characters that are given to us in age. No doubt. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, hell, you stick those three women alone in the age universe, and it would have made it a lot better. Oh man, they would have they would have saved the day. <laughs> yeah, you you put Kanaka in a Gundam, you put uh, Noah in a Gundam, and you put Shinobu on the bridge of the Diva, and shit would have gone down in a different way, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but alas, what else? Villains. I think without a doubt, also the Vegans are the worst antagonists in the entire franchise. I mean. Worse even than the uh, pathetic remnants of remnants of remnants of Zeon. Uh, crazier and more senseless than crazy types like the Earth Alliance. And the Zanskar uh, Empire? Yes. Wow. Those guys seem halfway reasonable by comparison. Damn. <laughs> you know, I think they wasted the whole 
thing of like the UE and the Martians, and it instead just came down to more crazy people who want Earth for themselves. Yeah, that's yeah, what it boiled much. down to. Yeah. Uh, Easel Kent ended up being a horrible villain with his his seventy year plan that accomplished nothing, and uh, was basically a low rent um, destiny plan combined with uh, some extreme social Darwinism. Yeah. Yeah. That says it. That, that, that speaks. Uh, that pretty much describes him in a nutshell. Yeah. And finally, uh, perhaps maybe the biggest flaw of the series, aside from the uh, the rushed arcs, is uh, character inconsistency. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, there are plenty of times where characters suddenly start acting in ways that are out of the established norm for that character, just because the plot requires it, like awesome. Zehart. Oh yeah. Fram or Asamu. I mean, we just see it countless times in this series, and this is not something that is new to Gundam, but it is a really big problem in this show. Hmm. So, uh, I think in the end, Age uh, got off to a good start, but uh, about halfway through, some of the some of the cracks started to become apparent, and they just became worse with time. You know, there is a lot of wasted potential. I think someday I might watch the series again all in one go to see how it uh, plays Pulls out up. in a yeah. short span of time rather than across, you know, 49 yeah. weeks. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this series definitely turned out to be a disappointment. And once again, I don't want to validate all of those haters who were ragging on the show at the beginning before it even aired because they were attacking some some boogeyman, some strop, yeah. and that was not even what the show ended up being. So anyone who says that they were right and that uh, anyone like us who defended the show were wrong, no, you're, you're not right. You were just uh, attacking this show and talking about like, you know, some Digimon Gundam that never happened with yeah. self-battles and, you know, all this kitty nonsense. Yeah, That's not sh- what the show was, even at its most disappointing level. Exactly. What they described as what the show was supposedly to be about was definitely not how it turned out at all. <laughs> it, it just it was a diff- disappointment of it. It was a disappointment of, of a different kind, basically. Well, the thing is, is, I mean, our opinions on the show are based on what we saw of the show. You know, we, we're not just doing this because we saw, like, you know, uh, a quick a quick snippet of a, a photo or a quick scan of a magazine or something like that. And that's the case because, you know what, this thing could have gone out the other way. It could have been a freaking it's the classic. So, there you go. Maybe in some alternate universe uh, where... <laughs> We're talking about how Gundam Age is uh, so freaking awesome and it's the best Gundam show ever. But sadly, we're not living in that universe. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, because the thing is, is I'll be honest with you. I didn't want it. I wasn't out to attack it and I didn't want to. I didn't want this to be bad. I mean, I, I don't want to just sit there and watch bad things. But, you know, and, and I was pretty positive probably all the way up until the 40s. Yeah. You can uh, chart. You, like I, I said, mean, you can. You can chart our progress throughout the reviews, the, the review bunches that we do. I mean, how, there, how there, the there was, you know, I mean, there's missteps, and every show's got missteps. But you know, my issue, it was just after a while, I was just like, okay, this is how it's going to be, and you know, and I'm just going to go through it. But you know, I'm also not going to hide my feelings that this was, uh, yeah, you know, didn't turn out the way it should have, or that I, I would have liked it to. 
I, I did enjoy the parts that I thought were good and stood up, but yeah. uh, unfortunately, the the sort of like uh, snowball on the side of the mountain accumulates, and the bad ends up outweighing the good. Unfortunately, so I think that's how this series will will go down as uh, being a disappointment and not living up to a lot of uh, promising potential. So. I'm curious, um, you know, what the next show is going to be. I imagine it'll resort, revert back to traditional one main character, one um, timeline story, which uh, after this I'd be happy for. So uh, here's hoping that uh, the next show is more in the veins of, of Double O, including the horrible second season, than it is in the vein <laughs> of Destiny and Age. <laughs> so with that uh, that's the final word on our more than a year's long coverage of Gundam Mage and don't expect us to mention this series again for a very very long time <laughs> hey, that, that's, I guess uh, you just encouraged a ton of people to write questions about it <laughs> well if they do I'll just ignore them uh, there you go that's the spirit right. hey this, this so. is like episode episode 110 is, follows the rules of episode uh, 100 <laughs> sure so that's the end of this segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> Boy, it's lucky you had these cameras. Use them for smuggling. I never thought I'd be smuggling myself in them. This is ridiculous. Even if I could take off, I'd never get past the tractor beam. Leave that to me. Goddamn fool, I knew that you were gonna say that. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? And just how outrageous are the hosts of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Bulma Brief from Dragon Ball Z is such a tease. Anime. You're going to go over to Master Roshi's house every day, wearing your little short shorts, your little sexy tops. Addicts. But you're not going to let him tap that ass, even though he wants to tap it and he gets nosebleeds all the time. Anonymous. He's 500 years old. The man can't die till he gets laid. Let the man rest in peace. All I gotta say is, Master Roshi's sperm count is over 9,000. Podcast. Don't miss a moment. Tune in at aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Get rid of everything that creates hate. Everything that helps make it grow. Alright everyone, this is Sil Bosby. And you've heard about... Judo! Judo... Judo Washington. Judo and the Junkyard Kids. Well, this fall on WSBR, they're going to be coming to your home. Uh, annoying pest! What are you looking at? <laughs> You're being mean, Judo. Why won't you play with me? Judo is under my control. Join Judo as they go against all the wackiness with the Mashima and the Junkyard guy. And you learn a little things in the end. That's it. This fall, Judo and the Junkyard kids on WSBR for your DVR favorites. Judo, you just watch. I'm going to get you this time. Gundam.
to Gundam at MAHQ. This was episode 110, and we finally closed out our reviews for Mobile Suit Gundam Age. It was a rollicking time. Not really. Not really. <laughs> it started off fine, and uh, it turned into something else completely. But uh, we closed it out. Another series down. And um, I guess we're looking forward to the next Gundam series, and the, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll see another one in, uh, over the next few years. But before we close out this episode, any, uh, any last thoughts from you guys? Sobro, uh, any podcast you were on this week? Uh, I, I will mention this, and this actually ties into my shout-out. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Mitsugi and Chiaki from Anime Addicts Anonymous. Uh, they just made the big move to Japan. They're now living over in Japan, but they're still continuing their podcast. You oh. can check it out at uh, aaapodcast.com. I've recently been invited to come onto their show to talk about Mobile Suit Gundam Age. So when we uh, put that episode in the can, they just want to review the show show as a whole and and get my opinion on it. Which, of course, they can listen to this and hear that, but they also want to discuss with me about it. So I I feel sorry for you. Not uh, not for going on their show, but having to keep talking about Age after this point. I'll I'll take the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, now now you know how I feel from having to both review on MHQ and talk about it here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get the double dip, just like you do. But um, you, you two, uh, you and Neo participated in an upcoming special that uh, you guys should definitely let people know about. Not upcoming. It's already been out, son. Oh, it's already yeah, out? It's already out. Oh, yeah. Clearly, you have not been checking um, Megatalk.net. Or oh, my God. I am the worst. Uh, well, well, tell the people tell the people what happened, man. Well, uh, we finally had Neo on Chaos Theater, and it was a special just bursting with hatred that also featured our, our own general hate, Mr. Austin. Oh, my gosh. And there was just so much hate, and uh, it's it's horrible and offensive and horrid. And we talk about Voyager and um, stupid things and the anti-Hulk and all sorts of crazy nonsense. And there there's also a lot of in-hating. Oh snap! Uh, some yes, in-hating. some in-hating about about uh, Shatner and Patrick Stewart, and oh, it's just. No crazy nonsense man have you not seen like all these random comments about that special on the facebook group no i have not seen that yet but i have to go check that out man that's crazy that's crazy. well if if you scroll back down now you'll know why people are talking about the anti-hulk and voyager oh my yeah. god well i gotta check my i gotta check my zone to see if it downloaded somehow maybe that's your problem right there using canceled outdated technologies <laughs> the old zone that's where i failed doesn't uh doesn't that wonderful Windows Phone 7 of yours also get RSS feeds? Don't you have a podcast manager on there? It, it does, and, and, and that's 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 the Zoom I'm talking about. Is I, I plugged in the RSS feed, feed and uh, I get the uh, the episodes as they release, but I haven't looked at my podcast lately, so I've got. Well, check there you that go. Out. A dead a dead podcast manager for uh, a smartphone ecosystem that's dead last on an OS version that uh, was just some middling thing to kill time until Windows Phone 8. Hell yes. <laughs> so once again, you have picked the wrong horse. <laughs> I always back the wrong way. <laughs> I guess you can't wait for that release of Windows Phone 8. Oh, no, I'll pass Oh, that's right, but your, your phone's not getting it. Too bad. Ooh, well, awesome. <laughs> oh, that's right. No Windows Phone 7 phone is getting version 8. Oh, too bad. Well, I'll gladly miss out on that. I'm, I'm moving on to Android next phone. So. <laughs> it's well overdue. But uh, <laughs> definitely check that out. Head on over to chaostheater.blogspot.com or mahq.net, and you can grab the episode that way or find it on iTunes. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of hate to go around, and uh, I can't wait to listen to it next time I work out. And, and hit up the uh, the discussion on the Mecha Talk thread there, because uh, there's lots of talk about all of the hatred. So uh, it's no surprise that uh, hate episodes are always very popular. So this is a chance to be one of our bigger episodes. <laughs> And I'm sure it's riveting, and I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear Austin just start to wax off about uh, everything that he hates, and Neo joining in because uh, those two <laughs> together are like peas in the pod. Well, I I, I came with my A game on this one. Oh snap! <laughs> yes. So check I, that I, out. I trained under the waterfall of hate for a couple weeks. And before anyone asks, I can guarantee there will be another hater cast in the future on Cast Theater, but uh, not this year because our schedule's already decided for the rest of the year but uh, watch for that in the future definitely more hate coming down the line yeah, you're keeping them you keeping them, you're keeping them uh entranced but uh awesome news gentlemen and uh, when you guys have time definitely peep these websites head on over where the magic happens mahq.net that's the mecca and anime headquarters also you can check out gundam's main website at gundam.net that's right it's spelled as it sounds also you can find us on itunes facebook and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And uh, thank you again for listening to episode 110 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. Bozen jump field was unable to stabilize. Hmm. Okay, you two have to kiss each other. What? Since there isn't a tulip with an open field nearby, it's obvious that we're going to have to create a field large enough to accommodate a ship the size of the Nadesco. In order to do that, we'll need to have a membrane-to-membrane -membrane contact among ourselves. And the simplest way of doing that is to... Is... is kissing? Right. We'll all be in big trouble unless the two of you hurry. But, Eureka! I won't do it! I won't! I won't! I won't! This is no time to act petulant, Captain. Yeah, let's just grit our teeth and endure it! Endure At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Let's face it, there's a lot of anger in America right now between the war in Iraq, the uncertain economy, and the divisive presidential election, tempers are really running high in the country. And we have one person on our staff that's particularly angry. He's one of our graphic designers, Pierre Bernard. There he is. Yeah. He's a good-looking man. Uh, Pierre says he knows how America feels, and he's ready to articulate our anger for us. And he thought he might as well be comfortable while he does it. So here he is now in a little segment we like to call Pierre Bernard's Recliner of Rage.
of Pierre, are you comfortable and angry? Comfortable and furious, Conan. <laughs> then go ahead and speak for America. Okay, here goes. There was this Japanese anime TV series called Robotech that I started buying on VHS several years ago. In case you haven't seen it, Robotech is about a little town on Earth that gets taken into space in a bubble and then battles evil aliens with giant robots. <laughs> I had purchased around 25 to 30 Robotech tapes when suddenly they were taken off the market. No one could give me a reason why, and because these were continuing stories, I had no way of finding out how their story ended. <laughs> then about three years ago, I found out that they were releasing the series on DVD box sets. I purchased the first three sets, but then found out online that the company that started releasing the DVDs had gone out of business, and the new company had renamed and repackaged the sets. I believe I had started collecting the macro saga, but the Robotech website listed 15 different box sets, including Robotech Master Timeline, New Generation Timeline, Robotech Remastered, Robotech Remastered Extended Edition, and Robotech The Sentinels. I have no idea if these are new stories or some of the same old stories repackaged. And I don't have the time or money to spend on all of this. Bottom line, America? Here, yeah, there should be one comprehensive Robotech DVD set so I can finally find out what happens to the little town in the space bubble. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you. Here, I'm sure there are at least one or two other Japanese anime fans out there who completely relate to what you just said. Divided we fall, my brothers.